Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. This week's guest is Steadicam operator Afton Grant. Afton was in town for Cinegear, so I managed to grab him and get him in to do an interview. I think you'll like it. Uh, thank you very much to Tiffin Steadicam. This will be episode 11 with their sponsorship, and I really appreciate it, and I appreciate their support of the Steadicam community in general. So thank you, Tiffin Steadicam. Also, thank you to my friends at Walter Clausen FX for their sponsorship and support. Um, check me out on Instagram at One Giant Robot. Friend me on Facebook. Uh, I don't know where else. I'm on Twitter too. You can look look it all up. I don't know about the social media stuff. I'm not very good at it. But anyway, I do post all that stuff on Instagram. I post my, some photos and stuff, but I post when new episodes are up. So maybe you want to do that. All right, uh, enough about that. Let's get to the interview. Enjoy. Banana bread. That shit. You, you like bananas, but nothing. Yeah, I like a banana. Uh huh. But anything made with bananas, no, I don't like it. That's that's funny. <laughs> You're an odd one. Actually, that's not that odd, I guess. I mean, it's, what uh, else uh, besides banana bread? What else are bananas made used for? Any banana candy, like the, I yeah, always. But that's liked. always artificial, isn't it? Yeah, but they try to make it taste like banana, right? And I don't like that, or just any any. I like the like laffy, banana split. Banana I don't like laffy. A, oh yeah, I don't even I'm, like a banana split. I don't. Hmm. I I I mean, I don't think that I wouldn't like it. I I just never eat one because putting a piece of fruit in ice cream never yeah. occurred to me to be a good idea. Right. There's strawberries. <laughs> strawberries are. I'll take a strawberry. It's true. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but a banana is a different beast. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's just uh, with the peel and the banana. That's all I want. Welcome to Fruit Talk with starring <laughs> Afton Grant. <laughs> We're here. thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, buddy. Yeah. I had to gra- I had to grab you while you're Long in time. town. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you put that over here? It's fine. You're yes. not going to spill it. All right. Whichever well, you're I was reaching just con- for. Concerned about that? Can you get a, Is that going to be a problem? Oh. Every time I take a sip. No. Should fine. I put it on the rubber? Oh, I don't know. That's better. I'll Whatever you think. All right. You could put it on one of those things. These post-it notes. Yeah. Well, okay. they're just cards. Four thousandths of an inch of. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez, <laughs> you know I was thinking about this on the because it's Cinegear weekend. I yeah. just saw you last night yep. and then today at the mm-hmm. thing, and um, I was driving back home, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Afton's known about the podcast longer than anybody in the world because he's the only person I told about it." Really? Do I mean, you, I remember you telling me. Of course, you remember I called you. Yeah, because yeah. I knew you had steady shots. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> and so I knew you knew how to build a website and yeah. I know knew so little about podcasting yeah. and I'd had this idea and I knew so little about it that I thought I needed to have a, a website built to do it at the time. I mean, that w- I mean, when was that? It was at least know. two, if not more years ago. Oh, more like four, I think. Yeah, probably. Or or maybe a little longer. And so at the time, you know, maybe you did. I, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't. You didn't ever really but, looked into podcasting. But I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I had I called you to ask you to build a website, and you so graciously were like, "Hey, if you do it, I'll build a website, no problem. Yeah, I'll I'll, get, I'll find a way to host it for you." Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
awesome thanks man and um i still might i still might uh, uh beg for your services if i ever do a web page but you i mean it's doing great this right yeah it's doing great i think you know um we were talking about it a little before i think one thing i need to do is um you know you if you're not changing you're not growing and so mm -hmm. Not that I'm going to make big changes, but like I have to be thinking ahead and yeah. thinking forward, and yeah. that's why I'm doing the new um, uh, worst best thing, yeah. uh, best worst. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a big part of it is because I have Patreon supporters mm -hmm. who are so cool, and they don't get shit extra. Yeah. So now it's an extra thing that they get, right. and it, you know, so um, yeah, well, you know, I it makes it worth it to them. You know, the internet's kind of changing where. For a while, it was, uh, you know, the internet was websites, which were basically just information, and you would go there and you'd read information, and then the technology became better so that you could go there, get your information, and interact, do mm -hmm. a lot of interacting. Um, but now I think a lot of interacting is happening on your phone mm -hmm. and apps and stuff like that. That's where the interaction is happening, and websites are becoming more just information again. Where uh, you know people aren't spending as much time mm. on their computers anymore, looking at yeah. web pages, as they are, you know, clicking through, uh, pod, uh, you know, the the lists of podcasts and things to listen to and things to watch and, and Instagram kind of and yeah, that's where the inst uh, the interaction is taking place. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you're, you're doing right. good with the the podcast as it is without a website. And you can survive. But, yeah, I mean, definitely it's a good idea. Yeah, but you know what I mean. And ahead. also, I do want to get – I've been hassled so much this – not just this weekend, but leading up to this weekend online um, in a good way because people are like, oh, I can't wait. I'm coming to L.A. to the thing, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Can I get a T-shirt? And I'm like, those don't exist. Like a walking backwards T-shirt. Where did they get the idea yet? Well, everybody's got a T-shirt. I don't know. I think people <laughs> assumed I did, and yeah. or, or were hoping, or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, "Sorry, those don't exist yet." Yeah. And and um, and they're like, "Oh, lame." And you know, <laughs> a couple of people have been like, "Oh, you need to make stickers. I'll buy t tons of them to give away." And I'm like, "Okay." Actually, there's a thing here I forgot to show you that um, oh, we'll talk about it later. Right. But uh, I might do I might do like a this with walking backwards on it or something yeah. um but anyway um you know so look i kind of i started this knowing nothing and mm -hmm. you know i know a little more it's over a year yeah. on and i'm trying to just trying to do my best well you've had good content <laughs> thank you like the 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 guests and everything have been really good which has sort of been one of the things i've been intimidated about um coming on this is just you know i listen to guys like uh, Harhoff and uh, yeah um Randy uh Nolan and and uh you know Garrett obviously and they come on with these just stories from the right. industry that are you know class some of them I hadn't heard before but just working with the iconic directors and productions and stuff like that and yeah. it's just you know I was a little kid when a lot of these <laughs> stories were taking place and and I just right. don't have that kind of legacy so I've I, you know that that's kind of uh, been something I've been going through my head. Like, what what the hell am I gonna? What stories am I gonna tell? You know. Well, you know, it turns out pretty much everybody has something interesting to say. Mm -hmm. You know, and and um, that's why I don't really. That's why it's not like question. Yeah. Question and answer format. Yeah. Because 
I just go where the flow goes, yeah, you know. So, um, and it, and it's more fun for me that way. Yeah, to be quite honest, and that might be the, the key to its success so far. Is that you know, I don't like listening to interviews where you can tell the interviewer has read a question mm-hmm. and they're just nodding until the person, the other person, starts stops talking so that they can ask their next right, question. Right. Right. Question. Pause. Mm-hmm. New question. Nod. Like, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what is this? Totally unrelated. Right. It's uh, like an anchor on TV when yeah. they have somebody, <laughs> Yeah. when they have a politician on or something, they're right. going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not right. listening to a word they're right. saying. <laughs> exactly. They're just waiting for the next opportunity to ask the next question. You're, you're right. That That's funny. Um, yeah, I definitely don't want to do that. Good. But no. it takes interesting people for me, you yeah. know, not to do that. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, but thank you for saying the content is good. I (laughs) appreciate it because I think if I want to do all the other stuff, Mm -hmm. it starts with good content. Yep. So um, I just wish I want it to spread a little more. And look, today I had five people. I was at at that thing for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. or... And I had five different people come over and say, hey, you're Brad, right? Yeah. That I hadn't met before. And and they listen. Yep. And um, that's really really cool. cool but i think like the amount of people that know about it is like one percent of the people who might actually be interested right or maybe it's more i don't know i mean i you know i don't well, know i think it's a good you know even though it's called walking backwards and you're a steady cam operator and predominantly you're talking to other steady cam operators but it's probably a good idea that you're bringing in other parts of the business as well you know the dolly grips and the yeah acs and uh directors and that kind of thing because that's gonna yeah i'm 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 continuing with that i have plans to to get um a lot of other people in here and um good yeah because i think that stuff can inform you too it's like you can tell all the stories about steadicam you want Mm -hmm. but sometimes you have to understand context yep you know and like maybe i I haven't asked this question but non-steadicam people i should start asking them like what drives you crazy about Steadicam operators? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what 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 can an operator do to piss you off? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think That's some of that might question. be obvious, but yeah. The the what drives you crazy about Steadicam operators? That would be an interesting one to hear because it still amazes me how what the range of personalities oh, of yeah. people that do this same job. Yeah. I mean, it's like from the most laid back chill um to the most high strung like want to be on a stage you know they probably right. be better with a microphone right kind of uh uh people and wait you're not talking about me are you <laughs> shit i've never seen you work that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> what drives you crazy about steady cam operators <laughs> what drives me crazy you know about steady cam operators is um well when i will I'll ask this question of people sometimes, or I'll, I'll show up on a set and, you know, I'll just hear, just naturally, I'll hear somebody talking about some other Steadicam operator, or somebody will just uh, automatically start telling me a story, oh, Jesus, you couldn't mm-hmm. believe this guy. It, I, it really, it's, um, it's when the ego comes out, I think, like yeah. when I've heard stories of uh, guys with just such big heads about themselves and um uh sort of thinking that because they have this skill of 
flying this machine, which to many people looks kind of mystical almost. You know, mm-hmm. it just it, it, it moves in a weird way that the human body doesn't move. So it's, uh, you know, not everybody understands how. It, and, uh, you know, I think some operators have that just goes to their head a bit. Um, you know, I've heard stories of uh, there's some guys that replaced me back uh, at the beginning of my career. I couldn't do a job or something, and and so I said, well, we'll just call this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't didn't know him very well, and then I followed up on it and said, uh, you know, how'd it go with that guy? And they said, well, they said, um, well, this is this is what he said to me when we were talking over. He said uh, something like, I am the most important person on this set. So, you know, you need to do whatever I say needs to be done to get this shot. Mm. And I mean, that guy never got a referral from me again. Oh, but, of course um, not. Did, is this person still working? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, years ago, I had to cover myself. Um, it's a commercial, I think, with a director that I've worked with a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> this is a long time. This is like 14 years ago or something. Yeah. And, um, and you know, this guy and I were friends, this director and I. And so I referred him to this other guy, this steady cam operator. And I talked to him after I talked to the director after and said, how, you know, how mm-hmm. was he? And he said, well, he refused to move when the actor missed their mark. <laughs> and so I said to him, hey, will yeah. you? can you adjust for her if she doesn't quite hit her mark? And he said, no, I hit my mark. She has to hit hers, too. Right. But that's that's that mentality that they <laughs> they are the most, you know, they're, you're not remembering that you're part of a team here. Mm-hmm. And I know that what we do does require a good amount of skill. And I know it's physically demanding, probably more physically demanding than anybody else right. on set. But, you know, do you want to... Do you want to be a good operator or do you just want to be, uh, you know, a a robot? robot? Right. And And also, you know, if you don't like the fact that actors get essentially more leeway than we do, Mm -hmm. um, then you're in the wrong business. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because that's never going to change. And, you know, um, anyway, it just to me was so unprofessional. Right. And I'm like, and you're covering me. Like, I referred you to this. Like. Even if the jobs you get, that's how you act. Don't act like that right. when you're, you know, you're coming from me. And then I had to like apologize to the director. Yeah, that's why it's tricky to refer somebody. Right. So you make sure that they are. Well, you almost don't want them to be better than you, but <laughs> you don't want them to be an asshole. Yeah. Because it reflects on you. You know, the vast majority of people I've referred have been great. Yeah. You know, and let's be honest. I mean. Unless there's some crazy, ridiculous shot, so much of our work is fairly standard as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the kinds of shots we do. Yeah. So if you're a competent operator, which you obviously are, mm-hmm. you're not going to get out-operated. It's, it would be a per- If it happened, it's going to be a personality thing. Like right. their personality gelled with those people right. more than, you know, than mm-hmm. you have or well, whatever, yep. I think. But... Um, I don't know. I mean, I think so much of the job, the skill of it is important, but that's there and has been there for a while. So the skill is important, but the 
the personality is so much more yeah it's the rest of it that's what i want to tell a a lot of younger ops is that um this i'm sure it's been said before but you know you can learn the technical aspects of uh being a steadicam operator fairly quickly Mm -hmm. and you can practice and you can get decent at moving a steady cam around in space fairly quickly or camera um well it's it's almost easier to to learn to be a steady this sounds weird but mm -hmm. it's it's the learning curve i don't think is as sharp with as for doing steady cam Mm -hmm. as it is for like operating on a dolly with a dolly grip on a dolly heavy shell yeah um yeah it's more moving parts different people different you know Mm -hmm. and you have to there's more prediction involved Mm -hmm. like you have to decide oh do I need to lay four more feet of track because she right. always misses her mark yep. that way and yep. it, stuff like that. And with Steadicam, you just take the three steps right. to your right, you know. Yep. And so anyway, I interrupted you, but mm-hmm. but it's kind of funny because I think some people do it backwards. It, it's so much more important. And, and look, I kind of did it, kind of did it backwards too. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I came into the business not going up the regular ladder you know i almost sort yeah, i was of, gonna ask you where did you start fake it till you make it kind of thing and i think i i faked it for a long time and then then it kind of worked out well you know i never um i don't talk about this a lot because I, th- I think i'm there's this slight bit of shame hmm. in I've, i never was a pa i never loaded i never assisted i went right uh to operating you know i was just fascinated by the steady cam and i right did what i could to get a steady cam and then practice and just were you operating before doing steady cam or it was all the i same mean it time? was all a means to an end right um i knew i wanted a steady cam and i couldn't afford it and i needed to just uh, so i bought whatever uh, camera gear i could so that i could get out and start shooting and uh i i probably bought uh i think i bought a little glide cam or something you know just one of those shitty little uh-huh. handheld things just to you know just to get something that that moved something like a steady cam and um the idea of it yeah. basically yeah and and that was it and i mean i really do re- have a lot of respect for the operators that did come up through the mm-hmm. through the ranks and i think they arrive at operating with a much probably a lot more confidence um a lot better certainly a better idea of how a set runs and what the parts are and um well they have a much broader range of experience yeah and, and i really respect that and, and that's too. something that i didn't have and well i've said it, it before my thing was i looked at the assistants who wanted to move up and said wait you were a loader for two years mm-hmm. you were a second for four years and you've been a first for 10 yeah and when you're hoping to operate one day yeah yeah, I, I, that's not what I wanted. Right, you know those moves have, you know, especially from assistant to operator, um, it's got to be really hard. Oh, huge move! Um, especially yeah. if you're a good assistant, because you're constantly getting right. called for work, and at some point you've got to, if you really want to get into a new field, you've got to just stop taking the old field. And I was telling be somebody for the new literally one. last night that I knew. Excuse me. Um, he's, he's making the move. Mm-hmm. He's a well-respected first and he's trying to make the move. And I said, the biggest thing you have to change, cause he was a great second yeah. and he's a great first and I'm sure he'll be a great steady cam operator. Mm-hmm. But I said, you have to change your mindset. 
because he's working all the time right now. And I said, you have to change your mindset from I have to work, I have to work, to to allowing yourself to have some days off and understand the different vibe Mm -hmm. of it, Mm -hmm. especially right when you start. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure he'll get shots because he knows a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So he'll get a day here and a day there and he'll get tried out. I know he will. Um, And and I think he'll be successful. But for a little while there, like the starving for work thing, he's going to have to deal with. Yep. Um, you know, and that's a big change for somebody who's right. been working for 10 years straight right. or I don't know exactly how long, but, um, you know, but, as a working assistant and, you yeah. know, steady paychecks and right. the whole thing. I mean, I, I had, as you probably had, and as, as many others had, I just had a, an obsession with it. You know, it's just a complete obsession with the, the rig and how it moved and how to get better at making it move. And, um. That's really what kept me in it um, through all the the shitty jobs and the yeah <clears throat> bad pay and all that stuff. But um, now I'm fairly comfortable uh, and uh, I'm <laughs> getting tired. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's just. Uh, yeah, you were saying you have a little bit of the same outlook as me about you know you can't do TV forever with the with the hours. Well, yeah, um, you know, right now I'm in between seasons on a show and i really love the show and i love the people on the show but um, is it fbi it is okay uh it's a you know it's a network procedural drama and um people are great and i I really i I love the dp um and and my team but you know it's it's uh nine to ten months of Mm -hmm. full-time work and the days are you know 12 to 14 hours um not including commutes and or it's lunch. just uh, right. Yep. Um, and I'm sure. Just, do they take the hour lunches now in New York too? No, half hour. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, so many shows now they take hours every day. Yeah, it, it's good in a way, but in another way, it's like Jesus Christ. You you sit down and you th- jam push, food in your push the food down your throat, and then if you're lucky, you got time to take a shit <laughs> until and then somebody's saying it's we're back in, and you're right back at it for another six to eight hours yeah. and it's just it's uh you know it, it it's got to age you i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if uh, we've all been doing this long enough to have some real serious studies on on what it does to people in in this industry but certainly there's been studies on um what uh working long hours does to just people in general in any career it's it's oh i mean study after study of Working long hours and not sleeping, two of the worst yeah. things you can do, which right. is which is what we do. Working long hours, not sleeping, and changing your schedule. Oh yes, that's that's You're, possibly the worst. Yeah, this this weird sleep schedule where you wake up at five a.m. on Monday morning right. and then eight a.m. on Tuesday and yep. mo- noon on Wednesday yep. and then and then you start back again on yeah. Monday. Oh my God, yep. yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um, it can be brutal, you know. Um, and you know, I, I, I what are what are you guys averaging seventy, seventy ish hours a week? Kind of. Well, the assistants probably. Yep. Um, I'm closer to sixty. Okay. As an you know, because I can leave it wrap. You don't get pre calls. You don't have to spend any time wrapping or loading right. a truck. Or right. yeah, <laughs> I think. But you know, those poor guys. You know. Yeah. Just because they're not necessarily not carrying a, a heavy camera around, they're still pushing carts. They're still oh, out. They're in the humping same heat. gear, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're still commuting to and, and and from set, and you know, they're getting nine hour turnarounds sometimes. Yes. And that's just it's it's, it's unacceptable. It's discouraging yeah. that our union 
yeah. says that's acceptable. Oh, yeah. It's that, horrible. It, it, it baffles me when I sit and think about that there was somebody somewhere at a table at some point saying, oh, what do we do? You know, how many hours should we give? Nine is okay. Let's. I agree on nine. As right. a spokesman for the members of my union, nine is acceptable. Now, if if you included commutes, yeah, nine is short but okay, right? Because in New York, okay. But I'm just saying in yeah. a in a general sense, like once you once you have to drive an hour each way yeah. or whatever. I how long's your commute? You live in Connecticut. I live in right? Connecticut, so sometimes my commute's two hours. <laughs> right, and, and it's just. Right, uh, so if it's two hours each way, mm-hmm. you know, and you do a fourteen-hour day, that's it, that's a eighteen-hour day for you. It's just and, it's no right. time for uh, uh, food, family, sleep. Right, you um, end up sleeping five hours a night. Right? Yeah, yeah, right, and, and then you, you and then you have a half hour on each end to like hang out with your with you have a kid now, right? Yeah, but not even you know I'll leave right. the house before anybody wakes up. True, right, and I'm home uh, after they're all in bed, right, including my wife sometimes, and and it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it just it just takes a toll on you, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, you know every every contract negotiation that comes up, it's always well, we're going to address it this time. We're going to address it this time, right. and and it's discouraging. And it's always it, next time, next yeah, time, next time. Very next discouraging time. Yeah. when it doesn't get addressed. So you know, I, I I hope to think that they claim to have had some big victory with you know this time, but uh, yeah, you know, it's almost like. It's like college tuition in a way. Where where um, I was just going through this with uh, with by the my way, family. By yeah. the way, sorry, but what I was gonna say is, if there's a right time for the union to get tough with the producers, this was it. Yeah, I mean there are other right times too, mm-hmm. but when you know I forget I don't know off the top of my head but all the studios make billions and billions yeah. of dollars every year and they make more every year. Mm-hmm. And they make more money, and they try to cut things from us, right? right? And then they give us a three percent cost of living raise, and, and raise, and everybody goes, "Yay!" Right. But I think our, you know, and look, we get paid well, but I think ours has gone up five every year for the last operators six years. No, no, no. Um, the cost of living in L.A. Oh. Um, it's gone up way over three every yep. year. So we're getting a pay decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's just like, and and yeah. this is a big victory. Yeah, I, I I don't know about New York. The cost of living has got to be crazy there too. It is. It is. Um, it, it's it's tricky because I want the increases. I you know, I don't think a negotiation should happen where we don't come out better than we were before. Right on the other side of it. Um, but you know when they when they do think well we got this incre- this health care is better and our pensions better and it's, it's almost like well. I don't care about that if I drive off a road because you, you fell know, asleep on the I way home from sleep, work. and I don't get my pension. <clears throat> right. You know, I, I don't. I don't give. Sh- I don't. I would rather not have to use my better health care because right. in ten years I develop some condition from being just exhausted mm-hmm. all the time. Where, well, know, they've proven it takes years off your yeah. life, and you cannot make sleep up. Right. You know that whole oh I'll sleep I'll sleep when I'm dead I'll sleep later yeah. ha 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 but everybody thinks like oh I'll just sleep all weekend it's fine it doesn't work that way you does, cannot well, recover right. what you lost by not sleeping and uh, you know God forbid you want a family and you want right. to do something or to have any kind weekend. of life right. whatsoever I yeah. I totally agree and look on these shows when I've been on you know 
Saturday is a wash. Like, mm-hmm. it, like literally, sometimes you have to do the the wash. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, you know, do your laundry, but you're so beat up. Yeah. That you know you 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 can't sleep in because right. you're on this weird five hour schedule. Yeah. And then. So Saturday's a waste, mm-hmm. and then Sunday maybe you can have a little bit of fun, but then you right. gotta go well, to bed. Gotta go, gotta right, sleep at eight right. o'clock. Right, yeah. So, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I, I really do hope. You know, uh, I was saying that uh, I was having this conversation with um, an estate planner recently because we're finally getting around to being responsible stuff, yeah. and doing now they have a kid stuff. Huh? That's yeah, smart, and yeah. so they're, we're we're discussing you know what well, what's college tuition going to be and and and, and it's. Well, it's either going to be in, in 10, 12, 15 years, college tuition is either going to be astronomically expensive and unaffordable, or it's or going free. to be free. Right. And so there's going to be a tipping point at some point, and, and hopefully that'll change. And I'm I'm hoping the same for our industry, uh, where, you know, hours keep getting pushed, and they keep getting trying to take more and more and more, and... and Look, people crash it, and die. I know, and that's, constantly in this business, yeah. and it's the media never covers it. Right. I wonder why. Oh, wait, who right. owns all the companies? Right. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but but it's it's absolutely true, and people get hurt and people get killed. I've got a a busted leg from you know kind of zoning out, and uh, I didn't fall asleep, but I crashed on the way home. Oh, did day. you really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean that could have been it. That could have been it if I was on a motor. You know, I was uh, I was on a motorcycle and I was Oof. coming home late, and I just kind of I wasn't asleep, but it was that sort of just kind of. I think you micro sleep for a second. Your eyes probably just. Absolutely, I could right. have. And at that second, uh, uh, you know, a truck in front of me slammed on his brakes, and I drove right into the back of him oh and, and crushed uh, my leg a bit. Um, You're lucky to be alive, my man. I'm lucky to be alive because. Uh, I mean, the car is behind me. I mean, Jesus Christ. I was on a motorcycle, so I hit, and I was then laying on the freeway, and it got yeah. Oh, yeah. so lucky nobody else uh, oh. did the same. But So scary. Anyway. Who, Remember that cal- operator and his wife that were killed on Andy, a motorcycle? Andy Casey. Yeah, I mean, that was on a weekend, but motorcycles just in general are dangerous. No, I know. And I, I love them to death. Um, Especially if you're going to fall asleep on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've just become a lot more cautious with... Uh, with my life, I guess. You have more responsibilities than just yourself. Yeah. Right? I mean, I can't even break an ankle now. You know, forget about dying. If I die, well, listen, if dying is almost better because uh, my family gets a life insurance <laughs> policy. By the way, this is from a guy who's wearing an arm sleeve because he has road rash from crashing on a... On a, yeah, on a it's a one wheel, yeah. But, oh, on a one wheel? Yeah. I thought it was the, on a skateboard. Well, you know, electric. No, I know the one wheel. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good job. <laughs> that was a scary two seconds. Uh, yeah. Um, no, but you know, I think um, I think the unions are laughing at. I mean, sorry, I think the the studios are laughing at us um, because it's, it's and because of the way our union is structured. And I don't mm. want to go union talk one hundred and one right. or whatever. But we will never strike, and we will never vote no on a contract, which is that's because discouraging because there are thirteen um, locals all together, and and you know, makeup is never going to agree with the grips. Not never, but mm-hmm. not on all issues. Right. And the grips aren't going to agree with us on all issues. And right. we're not going to agree with craft service on all issues. Right. So as long as but, we're together, that's a, it's not divide and conquer. It's, it's put together and conquer. Yeah, I, I know. And I, I have a fair bit of uh, ignorance in terms of how the unions really work. But the one thing in common that – sorry about that. Oh, that's the good. one thing in common that we all need, regardless of our – job is is sleep and right. health and 
just the human factor um, yeah. of 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 this work. And um, I don't know. I would trade uh, some of the financial benefits for just a couple hours uh, I agree. a day at home. I agree. Uh, I agree. We we you know we we're paid pretty well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, none of us are getting rich, probably. But um, no, not rich. But no, but you know, we can live middle class lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what's the point if you can't ever spend it? And by yeah. the way, this whole pension thing they talk about, from what I understand, it's I don't know that much about it, so I shouldn't comment too much. Well, but <clears throat> the the pension's not paying your bills. No, when and, you retire. and I'm. Everything that Which I'm Which is the whole point of a pension, right? I mean, I would suggest this for anybody, but um, I mean, I don't want to get into financial talk 101, but I'm, <laughs> I'm planning, what, what my retirement savings is basically ignoring the union pension, ignoring Social Security yeah. as though they weren't there. Yes. So that when I get there, I'll have done my own thing. That's good. Anything else is a, a And there's a very good chance they won't be there. Yeah. You know, so um, look, they've <laughs> they've killed so many people's yeah. pension plans, and you know they promise it's forever and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying just our union, but like, you know, auto workers yeah. and 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 city workers in a lot of cities after the crisis, they're like, well, we lost yeah. all your pension money, so now you don't get a pension. What? <laughs> no, I, don't, I couldn't imagine. You that. know, so but, anyway, we can we can get off this topic, but yeah. it's it's one that's been going on forever. It's funny because I I I. Dabble. I go between complete apathy about it, not apathy, but ignoring it because nothing ever happens. It, well, it's it's you're just giving it. You're resigning. Like I feel helpless. Well, know. we. I am helpless. You know, I vote the way that I. You know, every, every time I, I have an opportunity to vote. Yeah, that's great. I really wish that I could attend more union um, functions, but they're often on a Saturday morning uh-huh. um, when, you know, I've worked until uh, midnight, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m. Uh, right. the Friday before. And, and Yep. Um, I understand. Anyway. And yeah, no, but I mean, I just know that, look, there are good people. There are well-intentioned people, and they, I think... To some degree, they all feel powerless. Yeah. And they're like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. And I'm like, okay, but this is the stuff we want. Right. Nobody seems, nobody's getting it mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's threatening any kind of action if we don't get it. Right. So, I mean, it's not that complicated an issue. <laughs> It's like here's what we want. Hours cut at twelve. Right. Period. We right. leave at twelve. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever we come up with is the greatest. I mean, I'd yeah. love it to be eight or ten hours, but um, whatever it we come up done with, at one time. Of course. Right? I mean, I haven't. I've been doing this. Uh, uh, well, you've been doing it a little longer than me, but uh, two thousand three, so sixteen years. I remember when twelve hours was. That was a long day. Right. You know, you hit twelve hours, and everybody's like, "All right, we." You know, you started feeling people uh-huh. saying, uh, you know, watching their clocks and we, we got to go. And that was in the span of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's 14 that that starts happening. Like people start looking at their clocks, but still right. you're still shooting past 14. Yeah. Um, and well, I know some of the studios are having caps on. Well, finally Fox did 14. Well, NBC, uh, you know, my show is CBS, which is owned by NBC uh, Universal, and, and they've got a 14. NBC Universal owns CBS? I believe so. Yes. I thought it was. No. 
I could be wrong, but um, anyway, <laughs> I I think so. Did they acquire it? Just recently? I couldn't tell you the oh. the, the business how it, how it happened. But okay, NBC Universal is uh, sort of our parent company. Oh, they're your production company. Couldn't tell you. For sure. <laughs> I don't know. Are they the producers at a Universal show? It's NBC Universal show. Yeah. Okay, so it they produce it CBS. and it airs on CBS, but oh. they don't own CBS. Oh. Okay. I couldn't tell you. That's and that's another side of the Sorry. industry. What I, I you're you're a little more you're more uh, in tune to. I don't know uh, producers, productions, production companies. Right, right, right. Who owns this? Where you know all? I don't know all that hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's never interested me. Um, I like the producers that I work with uh, directly, and that's about as far as. Yeah, fair enough. My knowledge. Fair goes, enough. Fair yeah. enough. And I totally railroaded what you were yeah. trying to say, but <laughs> you were saying um, something. Oh, they, they've got a fourteen-hour cap. Okay, um, got so, it. So, uh, uh, not counting from lunch. First, first call to uh, last man out. Oh, okay. And it, I don't know if it's fourteen elapsed or not. Well, so, uh, on Empire, including on Empire, they instituted a fourteen. I don't know if it was the first season or the second. I did the second, but. Um, and they claim that, oh, this is all of Fox. And this was mm. 2015. And it was not all of Fox. Mm. I had done 19-hour days on Fox shows. But um, but anyway, um, regardless of that, they did have a real 14. But it was 14 from call, like general crew call, yeah. to the calling of rap. So oh. we'd oh, shoot right, on location. Right. So and the grips that have a three-hour yeah, pre-call exactly. to, to build in, you know, and, yeah. and a two-hour out. Right. So they'd still end, you know, not counting mm-hmm. lunch. And we did it, at, for the most part, every single day. Yeah. It was 14. So a 15 with lunch every day. And, it, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, that's I mean, it would have been worse. That's the, that's the crazy part. Right. And part of it is directors. Mm-hmm. They get directors who don't know what they're doing, who aren't prepared, mm-hmm. or too precious and or ch- trying too hard to get their own shots. Um, or well, producers who overwrite. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, and they write crazy locations, and they write car crashes into things, and things that take forever. And you know, you have to do three location right. changes in a day, or whatever. You know. Well, but there's also the the phenomenon of you will fill the time allotted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we've been at you've been at I'm sure locations where all right, we've got a hard out. You know, you're either at some location that needs it's always you, a hard you have out to be until out it's at not this time. Right, and and. So our day is only going to be 10 hours. And guess what? You make the day. If you have right. to make the day 10 oh, hours, right. you know, everybody comes to call saying, all right, this location or this actor or something, we got to have a, a 10 hour day. There's, you know, or because of tomorrow's call, something. Yeah. If you have to do that, you will do it. If you're given 14 hours, you'll take 14 hours. Yeah, you're right. And it's it's this weird sort of... Um, you're right. Human phenomenon that you will always fill the allotted time. You're and, right. Um, and producers could fix this at least partially by telling every director they hire that comes in, say, look, we do ten, we aim for 10 hour days here. Yeah. And when you go over, we get pissed off. Yeah. So, you know, if something happens or whatever, we understand that you mm-hmm. might go over, but like we're shooting for tens every single day you're here. Yeah. And so shoot for it. You know, and and if they go eleven one day, big deal. Right. You know, but when you say, "Oh, we have to wrap at 14, mm-hmm. they just assume, "Oh, I've got fourteen hours," so they drag their feet all over right. the place. You know, yeah. Um, 
I was I was talking about David Nutter, who's like the most prepared director I've ever worked with with mm-hmm. with Mick. And I mean, fourteen hours he'll shoot three times what most people shoot. Yeah, in fourteen. Yep. he's good. Yep. You know, he'll he'll shoot that in eight, no mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like company moves and shit right. that slows us down. Right. Like if we're just on stages, boom, boom, boom. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's great, you know, because he wants. Um, it's he has a great work ethic, work ethic. Mm-hmm. but I'm sure he wants to go home to his wife too, you know, <laughs> or. Or friends, or, or or girlfriend, or boyfriend, or cat, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know, I come home to the cat. Yeah. I gotta be here for the cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we can stop talking about All this because right. right. I feel like yeah. I'm beating a dead horse, and yeah. I'm I'm sorry for everybody who's going. <laughs> just stop talking about this already. <laughs> so you're on F- oh, well, you're on hi- hiatus from FBI. Yep. You shoot in in Manhattan mostly. Uh, I would say more Brooklyn and Queens. Okay. Um, Manhattan sometimes. So yeah, New York City. Where are your stages? Um, they're in Brooklyn in Greenpoint. Okay. Um, are those where are those where the good stages are now in Brooklyn or what's the? Uh, yeah. I mean, Jesus, it seems like the stages are popping up constantly. Um, our stages are okay. They're small. Uh, Steiner Studios is probably one of the better studios in the city. You know, they got parking and all that. Is that in Queens? Uh, no, that's in Brooklyn. Oh, it is? Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of... There's so much production in New York right now that yeah. um, these uh, studio companies, uh, stage companies are buying... They're buying garages and warehouses and they're um, converting them into, quote, sound stages. Uh-huh. Um by you know spraying a little sound insulating shit on the wall wall, right and running in some and not uh, cleaning out the asbestos plant that used to be there when you go in there and you come out with black lung and uh yeah um our stages are are good they're a little small but um but they're decent are they legit stages I don't know what the building was before but they certainly seem to be you know they have oh it's uh, so it is converted it's not yeah, 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 yeah yeah um I, uh, I wish they had the air conditioning a little better worked out. But anyway. I was... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, I was in Atlanta and just for a week on something and their stages, it started to rain, man. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. You these are it. tin roof buildings. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck thought this was a good idea? Yeah. On a, you know, a network show. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of dumb... Yeah. You know, and they're like, "Well, uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna figure something to shoot here." Like, right? There are those stages around the city. Unfortunately, sure, ours yeah. aren't, but yeah, they exist. I mean, it, you can it, you can tell it used to be a garage, right? Um, and it's got a yeah shitty tin roof. <laughs> I'm like, and whoever bought it, like, you could probably at least you could do something to the roof to help, right? I would imagine. I but mean, there's. I'm telling you, there is so much production. Yeah, like, yeah. everybody's just right. You're clamoring for a stage, yeah. so you get what you get, you get what you and get. you're happy. Yep. Right. And when it rains, you don't shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. Or when the or truck you drives by, you, you hold for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get that thing. Yeah. No, yeah. we still get those because uh, it's just fucking loud in New York City. There's so much goddamn noise. Of course. Everywhere. And, yeah. That's uh, that is what's guys. nice I about mean, here. We we have so many great sound stages. Yeah, but yeah. sorry, poor sound and you, guys. And yeah. you got more space. You know, usually I don't like to uh, uh, empathize with the sound department. 
because they're the ones always telling us to shut off the thing, the air conditioning and all that. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I could feel their pain sometimes. I've told many people uh, I feel their pain because when like because of this, when my AC kicks on or yep. when my fridge kicks on, I'm like, oh. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I just realized I probably forgot to turn the... I did not turn the fridge off, but we haven't heard it yet. Can't hear it. So <laughs> hopefully it doesn't kick on before we right. take a break and then we'll... Yeah. Um, but um, no, I empathize with, with that too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, we all have our job to do, right? Right. So um, yeah. So when, when did you... Did you live in the city at any point? In New York? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, when I first moved there, so I grew, uh, I started my career in sort of outside of Boston. Oh, you and, did? Um, yeah. God, there's like a Boston contingent. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of good people. <laughs> you know, Charles from yeah. uh, Boston. Uh, I think Alec is. Uh, he grew up around. I think so. in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, I got my start there. I bought bought my first rig when I was living there. But you know, Boston's just not a big enough market. Yeah. Um, or at least it wasn't. Well, then. now there's a lot of stuff there. Yep. Yep. Now there is. Uh, but, but the same is true of most small markets. They fly right. somebody in. Right. You know, you can't yep. you can't even get an interview for the job if right. you're local there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I stayed there in my career long enough to sort of be uh, available for those kinds of jobs. Right. Um, I just moved to New York. Right. Uh, I was uh, living with somebody at the time and. Um, she was in acting school in, in New York. So, um, yeah. So I moved here. There. Started, right. I moved to, oh, right. You New forgot, you're, you yeah. forgot you're in Los the Angeles. Fuck am I? I'm in a dark room with no windows. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, man. Those, I'll, I'll unlock the handcuffs later. <laughs> the ankle cuffs. Pull out a basket with lotion in it. <laughs> Tell me to rub it on myself. Uh, Zed's dead, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I then moved to Brooklyn, lived in Brooklyn for a few years, and then uh, moved back to Connecticut uh, for a little bit, met my wife, and then we moved back to Brooklyn, and when we were sick of living in the city and and wanted to buy something, the only thing we could afford was something outside. You know, New York City is just astronomically expensive if you want something more than a studio, you know, if you want to have a family. Right. Yeah. You yeah. can do it. People do it, certainly. And you got a house. I see you had like a you had like a live camera set up on your... What, on my birds? Yeah, on your birds. <laughs> yeah. You had um, birds with a nest or something, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I've got, you know, light fixtures around, you know, exterior light fixtures, and inevitably a bird will build a nest on top of them. And uh, I had this, you know, the, these coincidentally nest cameras and uh, <laughs> i just thought it would be a good idea opportunity to put uh, a camera and watch the birds get born and get fed and stuff yeah it's cute it's i think i tried to get on it once and i couldn't hmm. and maybe maybe they're gone it's probably user error <laughs> let's be honest <laughs> no but you put something up and i i went to the link and i i don't know why it wouldn't work for some reason hmm. anyway um oh, well. no but that that's neat um what part of what part of connecticut uh, it's southwest town called Norwalk. It's about an hour. Oh, without, Norwalk without okay. traffic outside the city, right it's near Stamford. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I I like living uh, where there's grass and trees and a driveway. Yeah, you know, and understood. A garage and quiet. And yeah, 
How do you deal? I mean, you just suck it up with parking, huh? In the city? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it sucks. If if there's an opportunity, you know, if we're shooting in Manhattan, I can often take the train in and just not worry about that. Um, right into Grand Central, and then it's usually easy to get to wherever I'm can going. Can you, like, but, park at the Norwalk train station yeah. or something or yeah. take an Uber? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so that's that's nice. But otherwise, yeah, if, if we're in Brooklyn or Queens, uh, I'll drive in and park as close as I can, and sometimes that's not very close at all, which is why I got the the one wheel, so I could pull that out and then just zip. So you were one wheeling to work. Well, well this, no, I was one wheeling just from getting a sandwich. And oh, got it. <laughs> I spilled all across uh, oh. the main street. Did you save the sandwich? The sandwich got saved. Yeah, it was wrapped. It was a s- sub sandwich, so it was nicely wrapped, ah, and perfect. it just rolled like a log right down the beautiful you know, about fifty feet. You and Jesse Smollett, you both saved. <laughs> Is that right? I didn't follow his. Story. He still had his subway after yeah. his uh, yeah. alleged attack. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> just thought I'd compare you to somebody mm-hmm. for fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, why can't you take the train to Queens or Brooklyn? Are there not train well, stations close enough? Or? You can, but you'd have to... I mean, the train only goes to Grand Central in Manhattan, and then you'd have to get on a subway. Oh, you have transfer thing. issues. Yeah, I mean, you can. It would just take a long time. Got it. And uh, sometimes it is just faster to drive in. If the call time is going to be... And when you're only getting five hours sleep, right. you don't want to leave 45 minutes right. earlier because... Right. Yeah. That well, makes if, the, if the call time is going to be like 8.30, 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m., where I know that my commute is going to be two hours, two and a yeah. half hours, um, I'll often just stay in a hotel for the night. I'll get myself a hotel and really? just crash for the night so that I can have that easy commute um, in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Which sucks. And I know a lot of people have crash pads, um, which I've certainly considered uh, so that I don't have to do the drive home every night. But I, I like sleeping in my own bed. I like seeing your wife getting home. I like seeing my wife. Like I said, I don't often see the kids, really, because right. they're usually Do you have asleep. two kids now? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. I thought you only had one. Last time I saw you, I think I did only have one. Oh, well, congrats, man. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah. Are you done? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. How old are they? Uh... Five and almost eight. Holy cow. Yeah. I haven't seen you in over five years. Last time I was here was 2013, I think. Oh, shit. I think. Crazy. And I've yeah. been meaning to get to New York. Yeah. Um, Dude, you should come for work. I mean, Jesus, it's so fucking busy. I, you, you wouldn't believe how difficult it is to replace myself. Actually, I remember. I reach out to you. Last I think. year or whatever. Yeah. Right, and they they didn't want to spend the money. What did they end up doing? Well, they oh, were they canceled Steadicam. Right? They were about to, and they either figured out a way to do it without Steadicam, or they found somebody at the last minute that could do it. I don't, you know, I don't remember. It happened a few times, um, and yeah, I mean, they were so desperate, and my DP is uh, fairly picky and didn't want to go with, uh, you know, the, somebody new. Right. Sure. Um, and so she, you know, she's from L.A., uh, uh, Terry Siegel, and uh, I don't know if you know her, but... You know, I've heard her name. I don't think I've ever met her. She's, uh, you know, I love her. She's awesome. Um, but, you know, she was uh, particular about her operators. As and, many and, are, sure. Yeah. Understandably and, uh, so. She She's from L.A., and so she knows a lot of good guys out here, and so she was, yeah, she was ready to bring somebody in just for a day. That's how... That's how uh, Slim Pickens yeah. is there because yeah. it's so busy. Yep. 
Yeah. And it's, well, I don't know about right now, right this minute, but it's been so slow here. Yeah. But I think well, there's... Because of Atlanta and uh, everywhere else. Yeah. <clears throat> I, well, there's a writer's thing too, you know. Um, I don't know. The writers are like having a whole thing with their agents. It's, okay. you know, nobody knows really what's going to happen with it. So I mm. think everybody's kind of, I, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. I'm, and excuse me. Anytime there's one group, mm-hmm. like especially a union or a group of people that are having like arguments with some other big group right. within the industry, it just work slows down. I think so. Yeah. And you know, people are like, "Well, let's see what happens before we open that production right. office, and then it all right. goes to hell." Yeah. You know, let's let's let it work. It's kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Maybe that's that's not it. I don't I don't know. Everybody keeps keeps telling me, "Oh, it should pick up. It's supposed to pick up." I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's picking up it. I mean, Jesus Christ, every every network every every company seems to have a network that's producing content now. I know. Yeah. I know. Um yeah, I was talking to uh somebody last night, he's doing CBS All Access show. I was doing a CBS All Access show. Oh, you were? Yeah. So yeah. you're the third person I know of done yeah, that. Um, it's a steady cam operator. Yep. Um I, I was doing it before FBI. Um, which one? It was called Tell Me a Story. And mm. Uh, I left to do FBI. It was, it was one of the only jobs that I've ever quit. Oh, you quit? Um, yeah. Uh, it, sh- it was just the hours were were brutal. Um, Even worse? Yeah, it was like we were doing multiple 14, 15-hour days in a row. And mm-hmm. I just, um, you know, with the, with the shifting schedule. Uh, and, and oh, it'll it just, drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. It was just it was just more than I wanted to do. Did um, you tell them that when you left? Yeah, you yeah. said I'm just I I don't want to do these hours anymore. I quit. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, good I mean, and and they said, well, you know, you got something else to go to, and I said, yeah, I've got uh, you know this other CBS show. And they're like, well, what do you uh, you know you think that's going to be any better? And I said, can't be any worse. Um, so, I, it was nice to have the option. Yeah, right. Sure. I, you know, would I have quit if I didn't have that option? I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't so miserable that I, I just was, you know, wanting to kill myself. But um, who came in behind you? And is it uh, the same? Uh, a guy named Ellie Aronoff. Uh, I, f- I found him to replace me. I like Ellie. Um, oh, you found him for them. That's nice of you. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was really nice about that. And I, I stayed on for an extra two hundred. So basically, um, I told them I was going to quit, and I stayed on for an extra week or two weeks um, while they could sort of do that transition. I really wanted to have those two weeks off uh, so that I could just relax before I then started FBI. Right. Um, and then went for nine months. But basically, I, I left that show on, a, I think, a Thursday or something and then started FBI on the Monday. following week. Mm-hmm. Um so I really didn't have much time off. No. And but that's probably good long-term career-wise for you because I, it's the kind of it's you're not burning of, any bridges. Right. It's the kind of uh, way I want to conduct my career. I know that productions, if they're going to fire you, they will tell you at wrap not to come up, come to work tomorrow. I, and I've been there, um, <laughs> and which is just, I mean, it's just so shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what whatever. was the reasoning not, when you got fired? What 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 do you think really went wrong? Was it what was it early it was, and your operating wasn't very good, or 
it was it was what we were talking about earlier. It was my Steadicam was great, and the DP even said so. He's like, "Listen, man, your Steadicam is fantastic. Um, it's just I, I think you need a more little more time in the in the dolly seat." Yeah. And by saying dolly seat doesn't mean operating a dolly. Yeah. It just means running a set, doing yeah. what an, an operator needs to do. And and I sense that. Um, like after week one, I went home and I told my wife, I said, I'm not going to, they're not going to keep me here. Mm. Um, and I was okay with, with the firing because number one, I was ready for it. Number two, um, I think because I was uh, just not ready for that kind of position, then it was just kind of really stressing me out and yeah. it was making my days on set very were you, were difficult. You, they, they put you at A? Yeah. Yeah. And I was surprised about that too, mm. because I had done a camera um, a few times after being, you know, on shows where I was B camera, mm-hmm. and it was either uh, tandem episodes or um, there might have been, I forget the circumstances. There was like episodes where um, the DP, the regular DP, wasn't available for the full episode, so the, the so the um, other operator, the A operator, moved up right. to DP, and I took the A camera place. Um, and so, yeah, I was surprised after that interview when they said, uh, yeah, you're going to be a camera. I was like, really? Okay. I mean, I didn't want to say, I don't think I'm ready for that. Right. Um, because that doesn't really, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, B is the place to, place to be if you want to learn what an a camera operator does. Absolutely, and now after after being a could camera, you do a little bit of it too as B? Absolutely, yeah. You you know? You, you know you got to know who to talk to and how to talk to them and how to work with the other cameras and and how to keep shit out of your frame and um, uh, especially you know and then when you're steady cam you're basically the camera mm-hmm. so you know and I really liked those opportunities but you know being a camera is it's a really different beast that. Um, people should be ready for if they've never done it before yeah yeah yeah. i'm sure that was a while ago that that happened to you though yeah are you a on fbi yeah (laughs) two three weeks (laughs) yeah um but also i'm also you know terry the dp i'm just you know we get along great and you know that personality Mm -hmm. um gel is there that's good and that helps a lot too um yeah so uh yeah, it, there's just so many in, in, intangible things about um, operating that you really only get through experience, I think. And it took me a long time to, to get them, and you, I'm sure, a long time. Yeah. As, I, as I've said so many times, like nothing can replace experience. Right. Like No matter how much you train mm-hmm. and go to a workshop or a mm-hmm. seminar, whatever, being yep. on set every single day, and it just... You're just going to have to be there for a while and yep. learn, yep. period. Yep. You know, that's the uh, film school. Yep. You may learn the theory of film, but you're you're not going to learn what it's like to run right. a set. Right. And to, even though know. being fired sucked, um, as I'm sure it does for anybody, it's I, I've learned, I think, in my career more from the, the failures and the bad experiences than from yeah. the good ones. You know, you show up on a set and you do your shot and everybody claps and cheers and you feel great about yourself. But... Um, did you really learn a lot about, you know, did you learn a lesson greater than if you had um, come up against some, like, serious challenge that uh, 
really made you stop and think that maybe you didn't even overcome you know I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know I, I do I think I remember the the uh, the bad experiences a little bit better yeah I think ones. we all do right yeah, yeah. Um, I got fired once before I could find the producer to quit she found me first <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you it was it was during the days of F900 mm-hmm. and I got called to do this movie um and for a couple of days yeah um and they wanted to do the opening shot the opening shots of the movie were all long steady cam takes mm-hmm. with an F900 I get there I tell them you know you better have low mode brackets like that right. work right and turned out they didn't give the assistants any prep so i showed up at location mm-hmm. i forget where it was the assistants are literally pulling cameras out of cases from from um chicago from fletcher camera chicago mm-hmm. and they never they didn't know what was in them and they found one of those clamp on low mode brackets a handle clamp that just clamps on the handle yeah yeah not one that supports the whole thing that just just a handle clamp yes yeah on a so, plastic handle. Yeah, a lot it, of wiggle. and Oh. I mean, you, you you can hear the handle cracking as you're tightening oh, yeah. the, the bolts. Yeah. yeah, that's how you know you're done tightening. Yeah. So, um, so it's an F900 mm-hmm. with a big zoom on it. Yep. And then the DIT, this is before we had really good HD mm-hmm. transmitter. So mm-hmm. I'm hardwired. Yeah, I did that a lot. Yeah. But she like, I had like a loom. And right. oh, and the DP decided I needed a, 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 a on camera light, like a like a mat box light. Yeah. So he, I have literally a power cable running up. Mm-hmm. You know. So the loom is like a giant right. thing. And then they're like, oh, and it's low mode. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So uh, obviously everybody yeah. knew it was going to be low mode, but so. I rig it up and I'm like, we can't, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, it's so wobbly. I right. said, I'm just going to turn the camera upside down. And the dit was like, I said, I'm going to mount it normal and yeah. turn it upside down. And the dit had a fit. Yeah. This, this, um, I've never seen her again. I can't remember her name. She threw the biggest fit and was like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. You cannot turn an F900 upside down. It will ruin it. And all this stuff. And I was like, well, look, I can't do this shot this way. Right. Look at the, I touched it and it was like, wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah, wah. And, um, and they're like, well, you know, she says, I'm like, she's full of shit. Call Sony right now. Right. Like, and they're like, well, yeah. and the directors are like, oh, just hurry up mm-hmm. and do it this way. You know? Yeah. So finally I try. Um, it is the worst. Yeah. And then I'm like, look, guys, this just does not work. I mean, you, you might want to start rescheduling. So this shot is not going to work like this. this is a bullshit, right. you know? And they're like, oh, no, no, just hold still. And I'm like, I mean, I would stop and the camera's like wobbling back and forth. It was so fucking heavy with all the camera. Anyway. So finally, I mean, no one's happy. We try this thing 30 times. It doesn't work worth a shit. It's terrible. It's the opening shot of the movie. And uh, they're like, fine, we're going to move on to this other thing, blah, blah, blah. And I dock my rig. And the dit comes over and goes, oh, yeah, you were you were right. I talked to my friend right after you guys started shooting that. He said, it's no problem to flip the camera upside down. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. So then that night, I'm I'm, ra- I'm putting my, mm-hmm. wrapping my gear. And I'm pushing my cart out towards my car. And I'm looking for the producer yeah. to quit. 
Because yep. I'm like, I'm not coming back to this bullshit mm-hmm. tomorrow. And I get tapped on my shoulder. Hey, Brad. Hey, sorry. Uh, we're not going to have you back right. tomorrow. I was like, oh, good. I was going to quit anyway. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. All invoice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it took them three months to pay me. Because these are nice people. Right. These are really <laughs> great, responsible producers. <laughs> hey, do you need another White Claw? I'm good for now. Yeah. You need more water, though. Yep. So let's take a break, because mm-hmm. I need another White Claw. I was trying to use you as an excuse. Yeah, I need another one. Oh, okay, good. Oh, yeah. so we'll break for you. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll be right back. Right. Okay, we're, we're, we're back. Okay. I'm back with Afton. We've agreed that we'll talk until we're done talking. Mm-hmm. That's, our, um, that's our schedule. Yeah. It's very specific. Okay. <laughs> so, um, gosh, so the commute from uh, Connecticut, and for that yeah. long, whew, yeah, you know, it's, it, I accept it. You know, it's just, you know, what kind of life do you want to live on the weekends? And I just got sick of living in the city alone is tiring. Is Even it? if you're, you know, it's, you know, looking for parking, dealing with the noise, walking up and down stairs. Yeah. Uh, smaller spaces. It's just tiring and it's it's not for me. I like space. I like the, you know, like I said, all the driveway. I like to have a shop where I can do stuff in my the what little free time that I have and build shit and right you well know. you can tell based on where I live and based on the piles of gear mm-hmm. over there um I like I like my neighborhood and where I live yeah. <laughs> yep and um um and I don't need tons of space I mean this yeah. place is a nice size for me and mm-hmm. um but um but you know I have friends who pay less who moved an hour away, you know, and they do the commute and sometimes I do too. But, um, if you move to like Santa Clarita or right. wherever I, you end up driving to almost everywhere is a commute, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm super central, which I like, but yeah. so we're a little different like that, but a little bit, it's also not New York city, although yep. it's a pretty c- condensed, uh, amount of people around here, but yeah. Um, no, so, um, but how is that show anyway? Is it good? Is it a good show? People seem to like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say as far as the procedural, I, I was, I was, he- I did the pilot, uh-huh. um, after I wrapped, uh, almost right after I wrapped the Americans and yeah, we'll talk about that. And, uh. I had I had a thought. Well, you know, what if they were to offer me the whole series? You know, could I do a procedural um, drama? Which is, you know, these crime shows are. It's like this sort of the same thing every week, right? You, you, uh, crime happens. They look for bad guy. Bad guy number one. You think it's going to be bad guy number one. It's not bad guy number one. They talk to somebody else number two. You don't think it's them. They talk to somebody else number three. Turns out it's some number two. The, who you, yeah. Right. It's the same kind of thing every week. And I thought. Then well, they the, solve it. Yeah. Exactly. Every 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 episode. Right. Um. But uh, so so I had a thought sort of in my head that uh, it's, you know, is this going to be interesting enough? Um. But. I really liked the deep the DP reach out to me and and it just a few things happened that um, allowed me to take the job and uh, I was I was it just turned into 
it's just the people, you know, it's the people that you work with and, and everybody's great. The actors are great and the cast and the crew and the production's pretty good. And, you know, so I'm happy and I recognize the fact now that, um, you know, I've got other responsibilities in life, uh, you know, my mm-hmm. family and stuff. <clears throat> and so why don't I just work with people that I enjoy and, um, uh, you you have my philosophy. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, right. and so it's a job that I, I enjoy. It's a job that I don't dread. Um, Good. I certainly, you know, you, you fantasize sometimes about being on these films um, that go to these crazy locations and they do these crazy things and they work with um, all these uh, actors and directors that you... Not, not that these films are knocking at my door, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's sort of a... a fantasy of a career that i think some of us have mm-hmm. and um while all that would be very creatively fulfilling and interesting and something that um uh you know you can look back on later in life as, as oh, this is all cool stuff that i did you know it's just you know i i'm happy with i i like my family time and i like being with my family and i like finding a job that I can go to and like the people there and not want to pull my hair out. Um, and yeah, so that's, yeah, that's where I am now. And that's sort of my philosophy at the moment. Maybe that'll change next year if, uh, or the year after or in five years, but right now. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. No. Yeah. And I think your thought that it's the right thing to do for your, for your family is, you know, and, and you enjoy it, you know? Yep. So, Sometimes it doesn't have to be the the highest of art, right? And and you know, at the same time, as much as I can complain about, uh, you know, the, what we were talking about earlier about hours, it's still it really is an interesting job. We don't do the same thing every day. Um, you know, sometimes we'll be shooting in the financial district or, or most any part of Manhattan, and I'll be watching. Um, uh, you know, I can see people going to and from their suit, tie, briefcase jobs and, you know, right. by, probably behind a desk or making phone calls all making, day. Or some of them are making gazillions yeah, of dollars. Yeah, and, and they probably are making gazillions of dollars. And way they're more looking than at you going, God, lucky guy gets to work in TV. Yeah. And and I, I think that, some, you know, I think, you know, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't trade this job for that one. Right. Even maybe they get to go home at, at five o'clock every day and spend time with their family and make a lot more money but i just you know it's right yeah ultimately I a, a very cool career i think yeah yeah i i hear you um yeah and you did let's see you already mentioned the americans mm-hmm. and you did um mozart in the jungle a little bit right yep yep I, was that just day playing or no i was uh a on that for season was it season two Boy, they had like a different operator every season. Um, I think it was season two. Oh, okay. I did a camera steady cam. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like that show. I mean, I I haven't seen yeah. all of it, but those little jobs were great. You know, there was like, what was it? Was it ten half hour episodes or t- um, ten hour episodes? I think they were hours, weren't they? I don't remember. I don't, I don't know, know, but I like the girl who is it, Lola Kirk. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I like her. She's really cool. And then Gail Garcia Barnell. Yep. Who's <laughs> unbelievable yeah he's guy. a great actor i think i don't think we got along i don't know i don't think we our personalities 
gelled. I, I remember I had Really? A, yeah, it was funny. I, I You are hard to get along with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. We had a I was having this conversation with him um about I was just asking him about you know, his life and stuff like that. You know, he grew up in Mexico. and Right. I said, um, you know, I asked him where he grew up in Mexico, and I forget where he said specifically. And I said, um, and I said, you know, is your family still there? And f- I think he took some offense to that. Hmm. For, he said, well, yeah, well, why, why wouldn't they be? Like, and... Almost in, in implying that I implied that, well, of course they would get want to get out of Mexico. Right. Why, right, right, surely right. they're they're at the border trying to, <laughs> you know. And but he was yeah. Why, why? Why? And he had this look on his face like, how dare you? Uh, of course they're there, you stupid right. American. So his uh, he misunderstood your question. Yeah, I don't know. And and but it was all it was just like well you know everybody's family moves around you know my family is not where. I grew up still. Right. Um, they right, moved. Right. You know, maybe they, you know, he moved to America. And, right. It's and, funny if you had like said, "Oh, do you get? Do you go see the family often?" And he said, "Oh, as much as I can." You say, "Oh, right. where are they? Are they still in Mexico?" Right. Yeah. And then it's like a different question, but mm-hmm. even the way you asked that. But I, I asked that wrong. a lot of of people. You know, uh, I'll run into an actor or somebody or anybody that's that's you know I can tell is has an accent or something from England or from. Uh, Italy or Spain, you know, do you still have family there is, you know, that's not an uncommon question that I ask. But anyway, the the way... Yeah, it's, I, it's not a rude question. Yeah. No. When I asked that, he, he took it in a way and I just don't, I don't think... We it got old. filtered through the wrong... Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was a few times after... Um, after that when I would set up a shot, you know, he, I would see the rehearsal and set up a shot... And uh, some things would move, you know, marks would, you know, you, you move actors, marks around with second team mm-hmm. sometimes just to, for whatever reason. And, you know, he, first team would come back and, hey, Gael, you're, we've moved your mark uh, just a little, well, why? Because yeah, I was, you know, it's over, well, right. it's just, just uh, okay, but, <laughs> you know, it's like this, um, <laughs> we had this weird... Really? Yeah, yeah. It was, was it, it just it was, with it was you, just or is it just his? I think it was. It, I don't know. I don't know. Might have been just with me. But That's uh, funny. I think we just got it. You know, sometimes you just you hit that first note, not quite on key, and it sets. And up, the whole song falls apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, Lola was great. Um, That's uh, funny. It was a fun little summer job. I can totally see him doing that too because of the kind of actor he is. You yeah. can see, not on purpose or anything, I can just see, see the way mm-hmm. when you, yeah. your impression was him, <laughs> of him was pretty decent, I think. <laughs> well, it's it's just so burned into, you know, that look that he gave. He could have been totally fucking with me too. I don't know. You know, it's just right. sometimes you don't know people's yeah, yeah, sense yeah, of humor yeah, yeah. and where they're coming from. Yeah. But. Did you do the episode where they did a performance in a vacant lot? I'm going to no, take that as a no. I think that was season one. I think it was too. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I just remember that episode so mm-hmm. much, and it was is it's a very joyful show. Yes, in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. And, and and how do you pronounce Gael? Yeah, I think Gael. Okay. Gael. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, he's he's just so good in it, and this out of the box, super positive, 
character yeah. that's really inspiring to right. Anyway, I just... And then Jason Schwartzman was on the show for a while, and he directed an episode of my oh, season. Oh, did he? And we, you know, okay. we got along great. And it, yeah. What did he play in the... <sighs> it was this weird... He did... I don't remember him being in it. Yeah. Um, I forget what his role... He was like... Was he the boyfriend to the roommate or something? Hmm. I don't know. I, remember, I don't remember. <laughs> the best thing I remember was a scene where he got uh, went to this. I don't know. Maybe that was Gael. I don't remember. He's really funny anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and speaking of him, he's done uh, a bunch of Wes Anderson work. Yes. And you did. Yeah. You you were uh, you were telling me you did that shot in Moonrise Kingdom that mm -hmm. Dave Comites also did. Yes. Yes. I was happy to see uh, that my name was still in the credits, though. That's, yeah, that's nice. His shot is the one in the film. Well, you know, also, you have to remember, it's kind of like when, um, um, was it Comites and and Greg Bubb who, on The Wedding Planner. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez. Right. And no matter whose take it is that got used. Right. They both did the shot, and mm -hmm. that informed the shot. Yep. So, like, you doing it, well, it, I'll ask you about Wes Anderson in a moment, but you doing that a bunch of times may have informed the filmmaker. So when Dave got there, maybe something you did they liked, and they said, oh, Dave, do this. Yeah, I, could could have happened. I, I don't know. My point I mean, being, I, I think credit is due. Uh, I'll take it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Wes being the filmmaker that he is he's pretty specific about, well that's what i was gonna uh, say you know what it, what he wants so he probably had that plan for a while he seemed happy with the shots that i did for him the days that i was there right um, it just wasn't it, it the was one day it was raining the weather wasn't and, right. wasn't exactly what he wanted but he said you know we're gonna do this in case we can't ever we don't ever get another opportunity to right do this um, right we'll have um, something yeah <clears throat> right but, uh Oh, that's cool. And so you liked? Was it a was it a nice atmosphere on his set? Or? It was. I mean, Wes is a fantastic guy. Um, so the second day I came back, I don't think it was two days in a row. I think uh, it was might have been uh, a weekend later or something. Um, but uh, he, you know, he remembered my name just after doing that one shot, which is, you know, for him uh, dealing with as many people as I'm sure he deals with on those shoots. It's yeah. That's is he cool. as quirky? Very nice. Is he as quirky as he seems to be? And I know it's not like you know him really well, but I don't. I didn't spend enough time to see okay. any quirks. I, I I saw him do you know a shot that was on take twenty six or thirty six or something like that. And, right. Um, but whether that's quirky, I don't know. I don't know. Well, but, I I told Dave when he was here, I like that movie a lot. It's actually one of my favorite mm. of his, um, because. The way the rest of the movie, the way the most of his movies are shot, they're all interior, they're all stage, yeah. or whatever, and they're all so specifically framed. I like, love the composition. Okay, I but really that style—if you yeah. do it all the time—it wears on me. Yeah, it's too much. Mm -hmm. um, I love that he thinks about it that much. Sure, thinks about the composition. Sure, he, he's um, probably drawn the scenes. You know, on like this is right. The, it, to me, it's over-controlled, mm -hmm. which is part of why I liked that. But that's just a aesthetic style yeah. choice for me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an, just an opinion. But, um, but part of the reason I like Moonrise is he couldn't control a lot of that. Right. Not everything can be symmetrical because mm -hmm. you're on an island outside. Yeah. 
So it had to be a little more free form and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to give, yeah, there's just, in my mind, there's a little more life to it Yeah, when it's not so like tightly restricted yeah. into like, you know, this thing. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are so in love with what he does and I get it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a definite talent to that. Yeah. Um, I think people like him a lot just because it's, it's different, you know? Nobody else is doing that kind of thing, really. Nobody else. You're right. Most people, yeah. you're, that's a good point. Most people don't have the patience right. or willingness to so do that. It's sort of like an attention, it's, it's an attention to cinema and, and realizing that the experience can be more than just watching heads speak or watching action mm-hmm. take place. It can be the, the composition and the sets and all them are as, as important right. as the dialogue and the actors. They're, they're, they're bigger, they're big contributors to the art of it. Yeah. Right. And I respect him as a filmmaker and I'm not saying I don't like his stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, what was the one with Gwyneth Paltrow and, um, Tenenbaums? The, the Royal Tenenbaums. Yep. Yeah. It started on that one. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, another. Yeah. It's like a little. I don't know if it's too hipster for me or mm-hmm. or whatever the whatever the vibe is. I don't know. Maybe just a style thing, I mm-hmm. guess. But and it's funny because my favorite director, and I don't know who yours yours is. Um, no, could be Wes. Really? I, I don't know. Well, yeah. mine's the other Anderson, Paul Thomas. Ah, yep. Um, and you know it, they're so far apart. Um. Like on Punch Drunk Love, he was, he was hitting the camera, yeah, to to make mistakes right. and you know and and um, and doing some of his own handheld and, yeah. um, Rue talked about working on that movie a little bit. I mm-hmm. don't know if you listen to hers, but <clears throat> um, his movies just, yeah, for me, and they're all messy, yeah, in their own way, mm-hmm. but. If you want to talk about production and design and stuff too, he's very much about that. Yeah. You know, um, look at there will be blood. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, even Punch Drunk Love, like they took a shitty like industrial warehouse setting and made it interesting. You know, mm-hmm. they had what plungers with with candy in them or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, I, I like all that remember. weird shit. Yeah. I, they were just he would sell yeah. these novelty things. And, uh-huh. You know, that was his business anyway. Um, I just found, I just find them, you know, what is subject matter is often very messy. Yeah. So they, directors like that just seem to consider a lot more than just the, the dialogue and the, yeah. And the actor, they, they yeah, think yeah. about this, the whole, like every yes. aspect of the frame, which is respectable. And I totally appreciate mm-hmm. that about Wes Andrew. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I guess personally, I just yeah. lean more towards the other. Yep direction plus i tend to like heavy heavy stuff mm-hmm. and um pt anderson is pretty fucking heavy yeah. <laughs> uh, for a guy with like five kids and a comedian wife he <laughs> is a heavy heavy yeah. <laughs> um yeah anyway did you see the master yeah i saw that a while ago yeah, yeah. but yeah really interesting Oof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've talked about it a bunch on here. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I need to start the ball rolling on getting him on here. Uh, who knows if we would ever do it, but I should at least ask. 
Um, Worst you could say is no. Yeah. Um, Because I'm such a... I don't know if I'm a super fan. I'm just a big fan of his yeah. work, and and um and I've talked about him so much already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, let's see what other. I wrote down a few that you did. Um, oh, you did that movie Chappaquiddick that came out. It was HBO, right? Did you do that movie? I did Chappaquiddick. I, I don't remember how it came out. I think it was just streaming. Netflix or HBO? I don't know. I, I don't was, know who bought it. I thought it was HBO. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah. I just remember seeing the ads and thinking it looked good, and then I think yeah. I heard good things about it. Did you watch it? I did, and and I liked it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. They, uh, uh, it's about Jason. Uh, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Um, you know, I didn't write down who was in it. Yeah. Uh, boy, they transformed him into Ted Kennedy so well. Really? I mean, you you look at some of the side-by-side pictures of him and um jason clark uh, oh jason clark yeah oh uh, yeah look at some of the side-by-side pictures of of him in costume and makeup versus ted kennedy and it's it's remarkable wow um, and and they really wanted to be accurate uh a lot of the sets and the costumes and stuff yeah i mean there, there's some of the frames that we fr- uh, framed up were um taken like right from news uh clippings of you know him at uh, her funeral um oh wow and that kind of thing but yeah <laughs> it, it you know i didn't know a lot about that story mm-hmm. um well we and, all know that the short version of it he drove right. off a he drove drunk off a bridge with a girl and he got right. out and she didn't and he yes. got off scot-free yes but i think what a lot of people did what i didn't know anyway is that she didn't she didn't just die instantly you know she the car flipped and uh-huh. there was an air pocket in there that she survived you know she survived from asphyxiation not drowning she so, ran out of oxygen yeah in she the couldn't air. get out of the car she was still very much alive you know there were signs of i think um uh, fingernail you know her fingernails trying to claw oh, God. at things um and so that makes the story even worse in a way because you know she could have survived for a couple hours in there before she ran out of oxygen which would have been plenty of time for him to go get home get call 911 or whatever but instead right. he just went to try to see what he could do to cover, cover this up. whole thing up right um, Ooh, uh, that and we shot bad. that in in uh, Massachusetts in, in in and around Boston and I was I thought that the we might see more um negative feedback from you know the kennedys are still mm-hmm. still a family that's very much around that area but although um, most of them have died in some kind of damn tragedy tragedy yeah yeah it does seem Seems to be like, a cursed cursed family yeah um but anyway yeah uh that that was a really cool film to work on um how long was that how big was it that was probably six to eight weeks okay um yeah, Maurice Alberti was the DP. Uh, she was lovely to work with, and um, I think oh, shot, really? Yeah, she did Creed and um, the Wrestler. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, and it, we shot almost the entire film on a forty mil. Everything really wides, close ups, everything. Why? Um, I don't know. Hmm. It's just it. It was it was really cool because you know you. 
it kind of forced you to you know if you want to make a wide shot you just got to get farther away and then it forced you to it had a lot of the same things that I liked about uh, Wes Anderson's films where we really had to compose for um, the lens yeah for the lens in a way and and they she but you talked about it yep I mean she said to you we're going to shoot this whole movie on a 40 for the most part I don't remember ever having that conversation before I took the job like we're going to shoot it all on 40 it just sort of happened hmm I felt she might have had a plan um, that I wasn't aware of. But no, the things that she told me beforehand were, we're going to go for a lot of headroom in this film. So whatever you think is a lot of headroom more is probably not enough. And they were frequently, her and the director were frequently um, correcting me on that. Really? Yeah. Like Why? I would give it more headroom than I naturally would. And they were just like, give it a little more. Why? Um, just a stylistic choice, I guess. I don't know. Okay. But I really liked a lot of the frames that we ended up with. Um, and I liked the way the movie looked a lot. Yeah. That was a good experience. Was it? Yep. Cool. Yep. No, I'm glad to hear that she was fun to work. Is she New York based or? She works so. everywhere I think probably. she lives though, huh? in New York. Okay. Yep. No, because the wrestler... The photography, the cinematography in that yeah. is very memorable. Yep. And I remember seeing her name going, who the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And then I looked her up and I saw all these documentaries. And I'm like, ah, no wonder he had her shoot hmm. this. She was perfect for it. Yeah. Um, all that great black and white. And yep. anyway, yep. Um, that's cool. I'm glad yep. you had a, I'm glad yeah, you had a good that time. That's a good film. Um, let's see. There's a couple of other movies that I didn't... Well, okay. I never saw Infinitely Polar Bear, but I've heard Mark Ruffalo is such a nice guy. He is a nice guy. He was nice. Um, Did you do that whole movie? No, 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 no. I just day played on that. Oh, okay. So a lot of the credits that you probably have left are probably day plays. Okay. Well, I have uh, Skeleton Twins. Oh, no. I did that. (laughs) That's right. No, I worked with Reed Morano for five films. Um, oh, you did five movies with her? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, she was. She. Yeah, I can trace a lot of uh, the rest of my career to starting working with her. So I owe a lot to her, and she's man, she's really, a force. Really cool. She's. Uh, yeah, she's. You can't catch her now. She's just exploding, um, which is great, and she. It's totally deserved. Um, really, based on talent and personality. Yeah, she's cool. Um, I don't know that she can. Uh, you know, you can point to anybody else, but uh, her making herself what she is, which is really cool. And she's inspiring people and really leading the way. And I think a lot of good, um, progressive movements. Well, a lot her, of people outside out, of the business know about this. Yeah, she pulled about out about her, her one of her, produ- you know, her production from Atlanta mm-hmm. because of the uh, abortion thing. I, I guess it was going to be the pilot. Was she? I don't know a lot of the details of yeah. that production or, or what it was going to be or, or, yeah, yeah. or what, but, um, you know, good for her on that. Yeah. Well, she's doing, she's acting with her conscience. And yeah, not and she always book. sort of has, and I think that's one of the keys to her success is that she's just sort of been herself her whole uh, career. And, and Good for her. People like that. Um, yeah, well, it's, that's, <laughs> it's funny. It's hard to be authentic. Yeah, it is, but I think when you are, <laughs> you and the people that are, are more comfortable, yeah. and, and I think people, I don't know, I can I, I think I can sniff out when people aren't authentic, um, 
and that just kind of gives you a funny taste in your mouth. Right, you know? right. So as much as you can be, be authentic. That, you know, I'm that way, or I like to think that I'm that way on set. Um, I try not to get uh, a hot head about myself. I don't fly off the handle about something. You know, if some somebody else is, I don't know, hasn't done their job just right, you know, I don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not building rockets here we're just yeah it's not rocket surgery yeah yeah um (laughs) yeah nobody's life is at risk yeah yeah. i mean unless we're doing stunts and shit and that's different right but but in a general sense if the prop guy screws up or whatever yeah i'm not gonna yell i'm not gonna start yelling at somebody that forgot to um pick up a water bottle or something i've only yelled on set like twice in my career and that was both on safety concerns Mm. Um, well, I think that would be appropriate. I'm trying to think if I've ever yelled. Huh. I don't know. I've probably snapped. I know I've snapped. If you'd like, just come back with a snarky comment. Oh, I've done that too. Um, but like, but no, I. I but everybody I d- has their moments. That's a moment, you know. Right. Like yelling at people is not a moment. You've you've That's, lost a bit of control there, yes, and I just don't. Yeah. I don't ever want to let anybody get me to that point right it's what what's the uh, you're not accomplishing anything yeah exactly i'm no because i know when people yell at me you don't want to listen right yeah and i say fuck you right and it's not helping motivate me yeah especially if it was about a mistake i made yeah you know yeah you almost in a way want to go the other way like oh you want me to you're gonna scream at me and you want me to do that i'll show you (laughs) right i've never never, done i never have either but i did get so rattled by a guy throwing a fit yeah that i did the exact i i i was supposed to let an actress stand out of frame Mm -hmm. and instinctually the first time it felt right for me to follow her Mm -hmm. and um she doesn't say anything else but she gives looks back and anyway i thought it felt right yeah um, after the first one, he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, freaking me out. And then I did the same yeah. thing again. Yeah. I heard that. You, oh, I, I talked about it. You're telling I forgot. Yeah. I, I talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's cause I was so in my head, like, fuck this asshole. Is it such a yeller? Yeah. Why is he screaming at me? Okay. Action. And it's still in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, so instinctually I did the same thing again. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I replaced an operator on a film that was being directed by, uh, is it Abel Ferrara? Abel Ferrara? I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, who is, he, he's a, I guess he's legendary for having a temper. Oh. Um, and he's I done was a lot warned of about. Famous movies. Yeah, I was warned about this before I got to set. He's, the operator's like. So, just so you know, they like to yell a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> and I got to set and was introduced to him. And he said, welcome to the movie. Um, I'm sure you've been told by now, but we like to discuss things while we're rolling at the top of our lungs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And then, and so that made me, so, and later on in the day, I was doing a shot where, uh, no, I just wasn't framing, you know, why are you panning that or tilt? I, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Uh-huh. And he's like right next to my ear. Like, why are you doing And if he hadn't done that little spiel in the, the morning, primer. which kind of makes him, 
it kind of endears you yes. to him because he's he's aware of it. It's in, in some ways it's, it's yeah an informal he's like, pre-apology. I know that I'm like this. Right. I'm sorry about it. Right. But let's go. Let's go make this film. Right. Um, and he wasn't ever a dick afterward or anything like that. But that's just uh, it's just the way he. That's really weird. And it's, I mean, it's got to be so stressful. I, I, you know, how do you not give yourself an aneurysm by uh, working like that every single day? Anyway. How long you were along with them? So that was just one. And it, fortunately, that was just because I was oh, just, just replacing uh, somebody for a day. Gotcha. Um, I couldn't have done a whole film like that. Because even, even though he had said that early in the morning, he started yelling and I just stopped. You know, he's trying to correct my operating and you start getting yelled at like that. I just took my hands off the the head and and was just like waiting for him to complete his thought so that I could process it and try to. Mm -hmm. um, It's the old honey vinegar thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it it is, you know, I I almost feel like now we're like we made an excuse for him like he's endearing. You know, if he's aware enough to know he does it. He's aware enough to stop yeah, doing it. I know, I know. He's he's. I don't know how old he is, but he's been doing this for since I was a. Baby I give him probably. some credit yeah. for the fair warning. Yeah, but less credit for still doing. It. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't seen him since. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you weren't so you weren't calling his production company asking for no. jobs. So no. all right, okay, um, okay. So the other two movies that I wrote down, but what is Motherless Brooklyn? Is this a new Ed Norton thing? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, maybe that was... Did you do the whole thing? or No, I just did Steadicam on it. And, okay. Um, so a handful of days. I don't remember how many. But Edward was really, really cool guy to work with. He directed, um, right? Yep. Yeah, directed okay. and, and starred in it. So that was... Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really anxious to see how that came out. Um, that one was one of the more memorable nights of my career we we were shooting one night and the set the location that we were shooting in caught fire oh no and how whole five stories of a a brownstone went up in flames i heard about this and the firefighter died yeah oh my god i was right there um a firefighter died in that fire yeah was that caused by you guys i think the production i think the official report is no but, um, I mean, I think the place was vacant before they got there and turned it into a set. Um, so it began being used uh, in, in whatever way by, you know, production, uh, by grips and set dressers and everything going in and out of there. Um, so I don't know. I think the official report was no. Um, it was uh, a leaky boiler in the basement that was leaking oil and it caught Mm. it just ignited um so it wasn't like an electrical short that sparked uh sparked something um but i don't remember exactly what the uh, because i remember they were talking about edward norton having to yeah having to pay for this and yeah so that was uh that it was going to be the last sort of scene or shot of the night it was going to be a nice big oneer sort of um you know, sort of Goodfellas-esque, where we start on the street and we go inside this oh, wow. this old jazz club. Um, and I remember I was I was standing right next to Edward. We were talking about the shot, and somebody said um, fire. Somebody said fire, 
and there's smoke, fire, whatever. And, you know, we've all been on set when, you know, a clothespin or a gel or something has gotten too close to a light and it started to smoke. And Even black wrap will yeah, smoke. Yeah, right? yeah, a hundred times. And you just don't think anything of it. So, you whatever, they start evacuating the all the background, which were inside this club. Uh-huh. They start, you know, getting everybody out just to be safe. And, and you know, I start seeing smoke coming out of the doors. And, and it, every at every... You know, few minutes. I'm thinking, okay, but you know, so, okay, smoke's coming out the door. Any minute, somebody's going to go in and put a blanket over this thing, and it's going to be. Uh-huh. But smoke was soon followed by flames, which was then the flames went to the upstairs, which went to the upstairs, and then within 20 minutes, they were shooting out the roof of this place. And 20 whole, minutes, wow, it was, it was insane. Yeah. Um, oh, and I no. learned the next morning that uh, firefighter had died. Oh, that's a shame. But um. Yeah, Jesus, that was yeah. So that was an intense. When was that? Night. Last year. Uh. Yeah, not. Yeah, so like uh, a a year and a half ago, like last spring, I think. Mm. Um, last March or something like that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And then so later that summer, uh, they rebuilt um the club on a soundstage and uh they're gonna have to stitch um you know because they don't have the street into the club anymore Mm. um so they're gonna have to stitch some stuff together to do that but we still did the shot and it it goes in this club and winds down um and that was one of the jobs where i felt i should get a wave and i know that you've talked about the wave a bit Really, you Honest. thought you thought about getting one, huh? Yeah. So this shot, the shot, um, they like recreated the club almost exactly, and the the club was a not a basement but a ground level, and a lot of ground level uh, units in New York City are actually you step down right into the right, you know, right, right. Few, three or four steps down, and so the entrance to this club was this fairly narrow doorway after a three or four steps down and then it like it like hooked into the club so i had to push the rig way out in front of me to get to be behind the actors as they go down into the club and then and then there's the reveal of the club you know after the actors get through the doorway there's that reveal moment that Mm -hmm. um that edward wanted and sort of the movement of going down the stairs, followed by the hook, followed by trying to get over Ed's shoulder to see the club. I just every time I there was always a little bit of uh, I would lose the horizon a little bit because mm-hmm. the rig was way out in front of me and like I didn't have a good look at the the monitor. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, and it was just in a, in a weird, awkward position every single time. There was always a little wiggle, and uh, you know, we would watch playback, and Edward didn't seem to have a problem with it. Um, but you know, I had a problem with it. It was, you know, I was just being self-critical, and I thought mm-hmm. that would be a good one of the few times when uh, I think a wave would or something like that would be, right, would right, be right, helpful. Right. Yeah, and, you know, we didn't always have those tools, but we do now. And, right. Um, so anyway, I think I bought one after that. Oh, <laughs> so you did? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the the film yet to see how that shot without it turned out, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, but, you know we are we are pretty yeah critical of ourselves, so I'm sure it'll be all right. Yeah, but I do have one now. 
a wave mm. and um i've grown to like it a fair bit um do you use it a lot or yeah yeah i do and and so i will i'll say this about it before owning it i felt a lot like um i think you do and a lot like i think was it Harhoff that said something about you know these kids are using these yeah i think so and not develop i totally agree with that i think the 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 process of learning how to move in these rigs and how to use your whole body and all of its muscles and your balance and everything to position the camera in a place to get the shots that we need to get it is um you can't take a shortcut on that i think you need to you know you just need to practice and practice and practice and do it over and over and over again Mm -hmm. um and so I think if you're just starting out and you're using uh, a, a thing like this, you you aren't developing that sort of sense of touch on the rig that you probably need to um, in order to accomplish that. But uh, I've found it very helpful in that I think some of my shots are now a little bit more creative um, or I can move a little faster so that I can... I can sort of just put the rig in places that I might be conscious of otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, let, let's 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 do this shot where we go down these stairs and follow behind them and just throw the rig, um, right. you know, out to to reveal the the whole bar. Right. Yeah, no, I don't have to think about that now. Mm-hmm. Or we'll do these, you know, crazy shots where where I'm boomed all the way down and tilted up at a dramatic angle or low mode or something like that. Um, or come around this table where I'm doing this sort of switch move, you know, going from one side of my body to the other that I probably wouldn't do without it because I don't have to think about nailing that horizon. You know, if, if I were to do a switch move, I would probably try to avoid a switch move altogether. I would try to keep my feet and my body on the same side of the rig as uh you know as i start with because that's the more comfortable side Mm -hmm. um but now it's sort of allowed me the freedom to not have to think about that so much so i think that that freedom has translated into um a little bit more creativity Hmm. in my shots okay um so i bought it after that edward norton film and then I started using it on FBI, where we have one, we have this set that uh, it was still in the case very much, and I still only wanted to take it out in very specific. Um, Are you using it for low mode a lot? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we had this set on FBI where where, where it's very it's sort of like the bullpen, uh, not bullpen, the, just the operations room. You know, big monitors, uh, tons of people, big desks, very wide, lots of lights on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got an actual ceiling that we like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would do a lot of these shots where we're moving quickly around this in a wide master that then moves down one of the aisles of desks and into a close-up or something. Mm-hmm. And those wide masters, if you're moving quickly, they just, it's so easy to, Oh, yeah. to get a little bit off off level and and um give away what the the tool is and uh, so I started putting the wave on for those sort of very fast wide masters that were on the steady cam um so that I wouldn't have to think about that the horizon during those 
and it just uh, kind of went from there, turning into more and more shots. Right. So, I think there's a place for things like that. I I I wouldn't recommend um, you know newer operators that haven't been doing it a lot throwing right. it on and thinking of it as some sort of shortcut right. because you still have to develop that sense of composition and that sort of muscle memory uh that you need to do the job but yeah, yeah. the muscle memory is most important yeah i mean can you imagine if you were like a person who had either i mean especially a volt but like i mean uh, especially a, a a wave but even a volt like can you imagine if that's all you ever had and then the thing broke? Yeah. I'm I'm scared of that. Um, um well, you're not scared of that cuz your work's fine, but like imagine but I'm, if I'm you, critical. Imagine still. if you spent 3 years. Yeah. Um we met a guy today buying right. a new, brand uh, new mm-hmm. Excuse me, M1 I think with a Volt. Yeah. This is first rig. Right. Yep. And and that's uh that should be a, a warning taken very very strongly. Yeah, I, I mean, I, my suggestion to him would be turn the thing off. Right. Um, if you can, can you? I, I, yeah, yes. of course you can. You can yes. unplug it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, turn it off as much as you can mm-hmm. uh, when you're practicing and learning and stuff. And then, yeah, use it when you're getting right. paid. They right. deserve They deserve yeah. it. But you deserve not to have it mm-hmm. when you're learning. So then, you know, if it ever breaks on you, you're not screwed. Right. Right. You know, and do some shots with it off and, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, um, I'm considering getting one. Yeah. A wave or a volt? Volt. Okay. I don't think I'd ever buy a wave. The volt must be... Because the problem with the wave is it's like a lot of setup time. So like when you it's go to low bad. mode... No, I just flip it over. It's seconds. But you have it on already. Well, it's on the rig already. Yes. Right. I, you you know, have I, to fly it all the time. Yeah. That's the yeah. bummer. So it, it is makes but, your, makes everything way higher and a lot heavier. Well, and Not I wouldn't have done anymore. it if I couldn't do this. Um, we came up with a way, a, a build, so that my gimbal could be where I want it to be. Um, you know, basically, we so our show is uh, on minis, as a lot of them are now, mm-hmm. and we were able to take off the, um, you know, the, the D box, which is the you know the power distribution block on the back and the battery. So it's just the camera body and uh, motors and Cinetape. Um, so it doesn't have to sit so high. The, the distance between um, my gimbal and the lens is where I like it, and the, the rig doesn't have to be so long. I've seen some of these wave builds um, on Facebook or whatever, and the rig is you know, four and a half feet long. I just think that's ridiculous. I wouldn't have, right. I wouldn't use it if that was the case. But okay. I can keep my post length still pretty short um so yeah i've come to be happy with it okay oh fair enough yeah fair enough the volt has got to be a different thing because it affects the way the rig feels right like it, it gives you a little bit of resistance in the tilt and the pan i've never actually done it because i just know that i'm never going to buy it but um it's not really resistance i don't know what to call it how does it how does it resist? You know, how you'll does it feel hold? it if you go if you go off roll axis. How you'll feel the motors working. You'll feel like right. Roll. So it does affect. It affects that feel. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you you but not all the time. Right. Yeah. If you're maintaining a good yes level. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they're working. Right. But you'll feel them. I know, I'm not sure why even. Hmm. But um. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't used it enough to... Yeah. I'm not an expert in it. Um, I know the motors are obviously always working because mm-hmm. they're keeping that right. that neutral rig with mm-hmm. a false bottom-heavy yeah. feeling to it. Um, yeah, anyway. Hmm. <clears throat> um, the more Again, the more people I talk to about it that have it and use it that are really great operators, the right. more I'm convinced that, like, hmm... There's yeah. there I knew there was something to it, but like there's way more to it than I thought yeah. there was. And so I, th- I you think, know. you know, McConkie uses it on um Maisel. Uh and he said it's just you know, it's one less thing to worry about. And he's right. He's doing you know, I don't watch the show, but I as far as I understand, he's doing some they're doing some pretty cool yeah. shots over there. Yeah. With that, with the movie, with the yeah. whole bunch of cool toys. Well, I don't know if you've heard Jeff Haley yet. He he said, um, if memory serves, uh, that if you don't have something within seven years, you will not be a working steady cam operator anymore. Like an electronic uh, assistance? If you don't have a Volt or, you know. Right. And really, there's only the Volt because guys like him, and I don't, I won't compare myself to him, but um, he is like me in a certain way, which is he's worried about those times when you do want to go off axis just for a moment mm-hmm. in a shot. Or, or or off level, yeah. Um, and you know, um, I've mentioned this to people before, and they're like, "I don't ever do that," and I'm like, "I do." Yeah, not a lot, yeah, but I do it. And it's and they're like, "Well, how often?" And I'm like, right. "I don't know, but if I have a volt on, I can never do it again." Mm. And and so, you know, um, um, and then people are like, "Well, you can just turn it off for mm-hmm. that shot," and then I'm like, "Okay, but now I'm just flying extra weight for no, you know what right. I mean?" Like, so. Anyway, I'm not saying it's a bad thing mm-hmm. or anything like that. I just, for me personally, right. I think the Volt is a better option. Um, and uh, yeah, because Haley was like, you know, it only takes like a pound of force to make right. it go off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be a good operator to use it. I think you got to be a good operator to work. To work and, and to keep a job. You oh, gotta yeah, be yeah. a good operator. No, 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 but uh, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, the point being, like, you can't pull it out of the box, and right. this is again not mm-hmm. a knock on the wave, but you can't pull it out of the box and turn it on, right? And then do good work, mm-hmm. like be level the whole time. You're yeah. going to be all over the place because you're going to be manhandling right. it. Yeah. Um. Uh. So anyway, but um. So it's not like an ultimate cheat or anything, mm-hmm. like you know. <clears throat> um. Oh, we've been blabbing up, but I keep forgetting to t- uh, ask you about the Americans because Carrie went out to do that show um, right after I did a movie with her. And um, oh, you have a good yeah. I remember your story about her being really, and she is. She's as as cool as you made her. I mean, just one of the coolest goddamn people. And I've she ever got divorced, and, right? Oh yeah, she's yeah, dating yeah. the guy on the show. Well, they're. I mean, her and Matthew are, are right. Uh, pretty serious they're i think they're living out here now because matthew's doing a um uh a a movie out here so they've moved from from brooklyn um mm. i met her i met her husband previously uh-huh and then like they were getting divorced i'm like dumbass <laughs> 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 didn't blame it on her one bit <laughs> uh yeah i i, I wasn't i think when i started the show which was in season four i think she that was already Ah, okay. That it already happened. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I love them both very you much. You did four I was, through what? The end. Four through what six. was the end? Six, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, 
Yeah, no, they're they're great. I was just texting Matthew actually recently about um, his move. I made I made them some furniture for their house in in Brooklyn. Um, oh yeah, you have a woodworking yeah thing. It's a little obsession, but um, I see the stuff you make. You make really nice looking stuff. Thanks. Um, if I could do that for a living, I would I would quit this job immediately. You but, and um, God, what's his name? Megan Mullally's husband. He was on Parks and Recreation. Nick Offerman? Yes. Yeah. You and Nick Offerman. Yep. Are woodworking uh, mm-hmm. uh aficionados. Yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't pay. And and they you know, Matthew and Carrie they're well off and they paid me for the thing I made, but it's you know, if you break down the number of hours that I put into that Right. It's not it's it, right. Gonna, it's technically not worth what they yeah. paid for it. It's worth way more. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What no. did you make for them? Uh, they had a, so they lived in Brooklyn. They had a little um, entryway mudroom area that they wanted to put a, you know, all, all of their sort of like boots and coats and everything were. So the shit you posted on Instagram was theirs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, there's a picture um, of it in there. Oh, that's the nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't tag them or anything, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Carrie even on social media? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know much about him. I know her, and she does yeah. not seem to be the social Listen, media type. If you ever get to work with Matthew Reese, at equally as awesome. Really? As Carrie. Like super, super awesome. Cool. Um, just uh, so fucking cool. Um, yeah, and, and anybody that knows him would say the same. It's I can't nice. I can't find a bad thing to say about. Well, no wonder they ended up together. Yeah, and he's funny. I, I mean, I've told my wife, Jesus, if I was if I was a gay man, I I would want to marry him. <laughs> well, if I was a straight man, I'd want to marry Carrie. So, <laughs> yeah. and I am, <laughs> but she's not interested. <laughs> uh, oh well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I was happy to 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 see her success and yeah, hers and and Matthews. He won the Emmy. Um, oh right, for, right, right, for, right, for that show. Yeah, finally on that last season. Um, That's she nice. She got snubbed every time. She should have won it, man. Jesus Christ, she really, she really, and she cared about the crew. Um, oh yeah. As I think you, you know, you said, if it was freezing cold out, she would just. God, we're not. I'll do one or two takes, but that's you know, that's right. it. We're going and. You know, moving after this going right. inside or something and that's not all selfishness no absolutely not right. you know because she gets to wait in a warm tent yeah. while you guys set and, it all and up she she realizes her sort of power yeah um and and she uses it for the right things you know right she, she was never like a prima donna or anything. uses it for good versus yep. instead of evil right <laughs> it's uh well they say you know money and success shows people who you really are yep you become your true self, mm-hmm. and um, that's her true self. Yeah, which is fabulous. Yep. <laughs> yep. I wish we were all like that, you know. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I said after you know one of the saddest things about the Ameri- about the Americans ending was, and I told this to them and everybody I, else I could was that I just I then I found it hard to believe that the next job would be as cool as mm. far as the people go mm-hmm. um sa- saying that fbi is um i mean the actors on that are 
they're fantastic. Uh, Missy, Missy Peregram and uh, Zico, Saki. They're both. You know, I, I would consider them friends. Um, I didn't make Missy a, a a piece of furniture, but I did make her a a cribbage board. Uh, oh really? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, that's nice. And uh, she likes that. Um, but I mean, they're 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 fantastic actors too, and also they just they never have big heads about themselves. And by the way, um, I just heard they're adding a cast member to FBI. Uh, Gayle. Yeah, for now, he's gonna be on FBI now. He's gonna play the 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 surly Mexican. Gail, we need to. Uh, so, can we hold the gun in your other? Why? Uh, um. Okay. But, um. But why? Because <laughs> I, the guy's he's over he's over here. And, um, okay. <laughs> it's such a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, the more you do it, the more I think he was fucking with you. But I hope so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so because then you know that makes you question. Well, Jesus, how am I coming off to other people? But actors do weird things when they're in their head like that, mm-hmm. and they don't mean it in a bad way. They yeah. just they interpret any change because they get super locked into the way things are. Mm-hmm. Like he might go to his trailer and rehearse it with right. those exact marks in mind, right. and then when you go, hey, we moved your mark to the right a little yeah. bit. And in his own mind, he's going, motherfucker, they fucked me. <laughs> but really, he's going, oh, okay, mm-hmm. why? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm making excuses. Yeah. But, you know, actors are often a little bit odd in certain mm-hmm. ways. Or they have their own process that if that process gets right. interrupted can be disturbing for them. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. You, um, there's an interview with uh, Matthew Reese that yeah, carries... Yeah. Um, fella and uh who is talking about his first experience directing um so they gave him an episode of the americans to direct uh season four i think and good for him yeah well deserved and and he said after that all of that stuff about you know Uh, being precious about marks and he's, he's just like when you've got producers and everybody else breathing about you know you, you've got this many out you know you, you got to wrap it up you got this all of these things to think about he said I never you know, where do you want me to stand right there that's different that's a foot and a half that's across the, yes yes right. I'll do it. it no problem don't and care it, why yep yeah, yeah, I just we just we got to get home we got to make the day <laughs> right whatever you want man right um, right right he had a completely different attitude about it when he saw things from from the other side. Uh, yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that happens to a lot of people. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't happen to them, they're probably not going to be a working director. Yeah. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It just you know what I mean? To how you do know of, what I mean, Yeah, though. it speaks to how aware he is about you know everybody else, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is really nice. That's great. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, yeah, you know, I've run out of things that I wrote down. Oh, no, I haven't. Uh-uh. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a stupid question. Mm. Well, it's not that stupid. But you did a David Blaine thing. Was it a long oh, time ago? For fuck's sake, yes. <laughs> what? So, well... Was it terrible? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much terrible. Why? Um, was he terrible? No, no. Well, he was hanging upside down. I didn't talk to him. He was. It was that... <laughs> uh, whatever. He, that stunt. It's a dive of death. So, yeah. Um, he was he terrible. seems like a really nice guy, actually. <laughs> I honestly didn't you don't know. To interact okay. with Got him it. at all. Got it. Okay. Um, 
I just I'll put a lot of it on myself. I don't do live stuff. Right. I've done live stuff. I didn't ever like it. Um, I won't do it again. Fortunately, you know, before I sort of had a career that was, um, you know, going as well as it is now. I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of options, and mm-hmm. so you know, something would call up, uh, and and I would take it. Um, I guess I'm glad for the experiences because I know what you know what's good and what's not uh now but um i just never liked live i never liked uh having that headset on and having somebody yelling in my ear all the time um i wasn't good at pulling my own focus and Mm. uh, you know controlling the zoom and all that all at the same time um and i just didn't really get that whole world you know i wasn't familiar with the live unscripted world where you Mm -hmm. and the dynamics of how that I guess set, if you want to call it a set, is is run. So, um, yeah, I just didn't have a good experience on that. But uh, I'll take the blame for that one, just being inexperienced. I think the stunt itself kind of flopped. Well, what um, did he do? So I didn't see this. Uh, so he was, like, hanging upside down for two days straight or something. That mm. was his stunt, although he really wasn't. Like, if he was hanging upside down until he had to go to the bathroom one minute, so they would bring him back up and he'd stand up and he'd go to the bathroom or until he just had to rest or something. I, I don't know. Um, oh. But it seemed like they were turning him upright. Uh, Quite often. F- fairly often, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but he was supposed to hang upside down and then the, the on the they, they shut out all the lights for the um, broadcast. He was hanging upside down for two days and the, then the live broadcast came on and they were going to shut out all the lights and he was going to disappear, you know, from this rig and it was all outside. So it was supposed to be pretty spectacular. They shut out the lights, lights come back on. David Blaine's not there anymore. He's not hanging. He's nowhere to be seen. Um, and I think how they did it was like they were, were uh, suspended him to some balloons or something. I, I don't know. And, but it just, it just didn't go well. And, I think the lights went down and he wasn't disappearing fast enough. And um, uh, I'm getting a director in my ear that's telling me to find something to shoot. And I don't, anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't think that was a (laughs) successful. So that's how they, that was the trick is they, I don't know really what the trick was to be honest because, um, uh, I don't think I just don't think it went as they were they intended it to go. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know. I I all I was told was that something's going to happen when the lights go out and just oh. to shoot him or to shoot the crowd or I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's weird. <laughs> okay, was I was weird. just curious cuz cuz it seems like I've heard him on some podcasts and stuff and um he seems like a really, actually, really nice guy. He's, uh, yes, he's an he's a bit odd. Yes, um, but he seems really cool, and he's obviously really smart. Yes, I'm sure he is, and I wish I could speak more to that you know, yeah, 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 experience. Yeah. But he was suspended from a cable. Well, no, no, no. But but I, his his um, his close up magic work, all those early videos that he mm-hmm. did and stuff, where people would freak out. It's all so fun and a little weird and really entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then he started doing these stunts that all seemed stupid. <laughs> like he was, 
was he in ice for a day or something? Yeah. yeah. And this one, they're like, oh, he hung upside down for two days. But you're like, no, he didn't. Right. I'm like, oh. He did He did the ice. Then he did one where he stood on top of a pedestal for a couple of days, um, just standing there on top of a small right. pedestal. And then he jumped down into some boxes. Then he held his um, breath for he did a while. The, yeah, he did, he did that one. Under but now the, he's catching a bullet with his teeth. Yeah, well. I, I mean, obviously not, but he's whatever trick that is. Yeah. But and the whole the whole thing about it is that the um, you know, supposedly all these magicians have died doing that trick, so nobody does it anymore. And well, he Penn does and Teller it. do a bullet catch that's pretty remarkable. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I should I need to go to Penn and Teller because people seem to think they're going to re- uh, retire pretty soon. Well, pro- I mean, they got to be getting old by now. I mean, they're not that old, but they've been doing the show for so long. Yeah. Um, and I get to Vegas, and when they finally are retiring, mm-hmm. that show's going to get expensive. Yeah. So, so like, I did. I did. I went to that show, and I went. Yeah. I got chosen to go up on stage. Did you really for that bullet catch? No way. Trick. Yeah. So I in college i kind of went on a little i kind of got obsessed with magic a little bit uh-huh so, you look like a yeah. you look like a so, magic man <laughs> i'd learned a bunch of tricks and i studied it a bit and it it i never cared to do it as a career but i really liked being able to figure out how tricks are done and so um is still to this day i can usually watch a trick and say pretty sure that's how that was done you can watch it I, once and do it I can tell. I can't necessarily tell you exactly watching it once, but I could probably tell you at what moments the mm. sort of deception is is happening. Sure. Okay. Um, you should talk to my friend Zach. Okay. He's a professional magician. Okay. Um, He'll tell you if you're right or wrong. He could. Yeah. Yeah. He won't tell you any secrets. There so. are some good ones that I've seen nowadays. That's just sleight of hand. That's just remarkable. But um, well, that's what he does. A lot of yeah. close up stuff yeah. and sleight of hand is and great. Even that Penn and Teller. You know, they've got this show. I guess uh, that that where they other magicians try to fool them, and they'll say they'll co- compliment um, sleight of hand magicians, saying, "Listen, we know how you did that trick, but it's fantastically." executed right you know you, you did it in a way like that, they know how because they know how it right. has to be done right right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. so anyway um but their bullet catch trick which i had seen on tv for years they've been doing it for a really long time that's been one where i've just never been able to figure out how it's done and so i always wanted to go to vegas and like see it firsthand and i did and i you know they get two volunteers to come up and sort of verify quote unquote verify what they're doing mm-hmm. um and I raised my hand and I got chosen to go up and do that. And I still, even being right on stage and watching everything, I still can't. Yeah. Well, out if there was something done. behind their back or whatever, they wouldn't be inviting you up there. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're not going to put, yeah. they're not going to put a risky person right, right. with them. <laughs> they're obviously smarter than I am. And they've obviously done this for a long, you know, they know what they're doing. But, right. Um, what I often wonder, and I've thought about having Zach on the show. Mm-hmm. I, just because I think he's great and he's yeah. an entertainer, you yeah. know, um, and he's a funny guy. But mm-hmm. um, I often wonder, and I, I, I don't know that I've ever asked him, is like how much of that stuff is tricks that have been passed down for like a hundred years, mm-hmm. and how much like guys like Penn and Teller, how much did they actually invent? Did they really invent everything, or is their presentation just the best? Yeah, I don't know. you know what Probably I mean. A bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, right. uh, we're 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 off course. That said, with the magic. David Blaine, regardless of what he's do- doing, is not going to catch 
a bullet in his mouth that's being fired from a gun. I'm aware of that. Yeah. <clears throat> he's going to make it look like he is, but he's not going to actually catch a bullet. Right. Which is um, what I think a lot of people have to, <laughs> when they get amazed. Yeah, I think some people are right. It's they like, think he's a crazy, you know, one of these magicians that does things for real. And he has done some things for real. He has, like, stuck needles oh, through his cheeks and He does weird arms. shit where he drinks a bunch of water. Yeah, and he throws that fucking crazy shit. Well, then he swallows, like, frogs and stuff, and then he spits them that's back up live. And, right, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's actually doing that. I yes, mean, that's that, is, that is manipulation, yeah. um, body manipulation, mm-hmm. basically training Which your body is, to do something. I mean, something. I, don't, I don't know how many people in the world can do that. But and he can hold his breath for, like, mm-hmm. five minutes underwater yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's... I mean, that stuff is... To me, is more even um, as a skill. It's more interesting than it's a dedication catching a bullet with their mouth, yeah. which you know they didn't do. It's a dedication to your craft. Yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the other one is too because whatever the tricks are, mm-hmm. you have to you have to know the tricks. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The easiest shot that we do, you know, um, if we do a walk and talk or whatever, that's straight and never, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like. Other people are like, oh, you it, it, put in, put the rig on an amateur yeah. and, you know, it looks like there's an earthquake right. with a, on a ship, mm-hmm. you know. So even the easiest stuff right. they do is hard. Mm-hmm. So and there's a skill level involved. Anyway, yep. um, um, I'm I'm not into magic, but um, I'm fascinated by the skill of it. You know, yeah. again, my friend does close up stuff. Mm-hmm. So and I'm into poker. He plays mm-hmm. poker, too. Mm-hmm. But like. Um, he spent years learning to deal seconds, which is dealing off the bottom of the right. deck, which is not something you want to tell somebody you want to play poker with. Right. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it's for his act, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, he said it, it, he, when I first met him, he was learning it. And he, I said, how long have you been working on it? I think he said at the time, like five years. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, so you're really good at it. He goes, no, 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 no. The guy who's, taught me worked mm. on it for eight years before he could get rid of the snapping sound because when you do that there's like a yeah. snap of the card because yeah. you have to do it really fast uh-huh. otherwise people will notice you know so um yeah he said it took him eight years to get rid of the snap and yeah. that's practicing it's respectable all the time anytime somebody really kind of goes that far with their uh yeah in their passion yeah is, is respectable yeah yeah whatever it is well anthony hardwick told me years ago about um this gambler he knew who was a craps cheater mm-hmm. and he knew how to manipulate dice and switch how to dice throw out. the oh how to switch them not how to throw well them. I, I he didn't tell me all the details mm-hmm. he's like and he wouldn't tell me the guy's name and all this stuff like yeah but he's like a hustler and he travels around and hmm. Hustles people at dice games. I don't know that he goes in casinos. Right. Um, yeah, you don't want to get caught there. No. <laughs> and, you know, the last thing you're... Even today, I don't know to what extent, mm-hmm. but the least of your problem is the police. Right. I think. Probably. Um, it used to be way more yeah. that way. But I like to think that. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that. That romantic yeah. feeling of somebody getting beat up in yes. the back room. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that there's still a level of street justice out there for just shitheads that. Yeah, but that's not street justice. If you're counting cards at blackjack and they get pissed because you're winning, um, is count. Well, I mean, that's casinos frown on it, but they. 
it's, t- it's completely legal, right. but it's also completely legal for them to ask any player right. to get the fuck out and never yeah. come back at any moment. Yeah. You can walk in, put a quarter in the in the thing, and mm-hmm. they say get out. Yep. And you have to go, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucked up. Right. Um, it, well, it's a private business, right? Or is, I mean, you can you can refuse service to any um, to anybody. That's yes, I yes, I guess so. Um, I don't know. It just seems like they've gotten the government to stack the cards mm-hmm. in their favor. They already have an edge, yeah. but in order to keep anybody from winning, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they won't even anyway. Yeah. Um, it's like they have this little out. It's like. You know they have coolers. You ever see that movie, The yeah. Cooler? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they really still have these people or not, but <clears throat> um, uh, but it's just one of those things. Is mm-hmm. like, a- anyway, doesn't seem fair. Yeah, <laughs> they already have a huge edge on you, right? Why do they need extra yeah. tools to I, take I your it. money? Yeah, <laughs> Let somebody win once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're bla- we're blabbing away. Um, we should. Uh, we should probably finish up. All right. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Are you okay with it? Yeah. I can hear the excitement in your yeah. voice. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that else I wanted to talk about. Um, I do the Rubik's Cube a lot on set. That's That's been my really non-Facebook activity. I would recommend it if anybody's... If you've got time on set... That's a great a idea. Cube. Or some kind of little hand puzzle thing, huh? Yeah. Keeps your brain going. It's not your phone right doesn't require batteries or a charge doesn't or, take a lot of space yeah doesn't make noise keeps you awake i normally do um um cup and ball <laughs> just sit on the one dollar. of those balls on the, the, the rubber band on the paddle no 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 no, oh, no. Cup and ball. oh yeah well the paddle and ball that's yeah. a good one too um i feel like cup and ball is good because you can really you could smash a lens yeah. if you swung it the wrong way so yeah. i like to swing it as close as i can mm-hmm. Um, I find that, and I use the small side, so I must never catch it. Nice. Um, yeah, but Rubik, Rubik's cubes. That, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's that's sort of my, my thing. How long does it take to take all the stickers off and put them back where you want? Hours. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Can you solve <laughs> I'd a Rubik's? Just solve can you solve one for real? Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I've never, I never did it. Of course, I had Do one it. as a kid. If if so, I I picked it up when I was. I know there's like a trick to it. Well, it's, it's not like a, a trick. way of there's doing a, it. There's that a formula, you, yeah. Right, it's a formula. That once you figure out, you kind of always know. Um, yeah, but it's different every time. So that's right. that's the challenge of it. I wouldn't be that interested um, if it was the same every time. No, I know it's not the same, but there's a reason those people can solve them blindfolded. Yeah, and you know, um, yes. and uh, and super fast. Mm-hmm. Those kids really weird. Yeah, they solve them in like thirty seconds blindfolded. Blindfolded. I oh, I don't know about blindfolded, that. Blindfolded, I think the record is like 20-something or, or less. Seconds? Yeah. Jesus. I can do it in 12. Can you really? That's my best, yeah. 15, from, 15 From a completely 20. mixed up... Yeah. Yep. Damn, dude. I was doing it the other... Ask Ron. Ron Ron mixed it. I was doing it at the thing last night. Ron who? I don't know any Rons. I don't know. I don't forget it. No forget young ones. Name. Ron Schmon. Um... <laughs> Ron no, the world Schwan. record for for not non blindfold is like three and a half seconds. <laughs> yeah, how can you even turn the thing that many times? It's crazy, I don't know. These kids, it's really dumb. These kids yeah. today. I can't believe they're doing it with all the availability of porn. I mean, can't believe. We well, have to have something to do in between the porn, and it's quick. It only takes <laughs> three and a half a, seconds. I was a teenager. <laughs> I 
There would be no in between. <laughs> if I was growing up with the access, uh, well, today, you'd have to stop to hydrate once in a I while. I guess. Yeah, I know it is pretty disturbing, isn't it? it takes all the mystery about it. We mm-hmm. we were kind of lucky as kids. We had there was there was mystery mm-hmm. to a lot of things, including yes. sex and yes. Um, you know, when you saw a movie and you didn't know how it happened, mm-hmm. it wasn't explained to you right then. It left the mystery in it, you yep. know, um, or whatever. Like, well, that's becoming an adult. Really, is just sort of the veil is pulled back on a lot of things. Right, but now you know they're twelve and they're mm-hmm. the veil's pulled back on pulled absolutely back everything. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that's, that's one. That's the, that's what terrifies me about being a dad. I think. Mm. Is, fuck! What, what's, what am I, what am I going to do when my kids become teenagers? Right, right. Well, now, see, then this TV job will be the perfect job because they won't want to see you anyway. Now they want to see you. Right. When they're older, they won't want to. You know, when you're a teenager, the yeah. last thing you want to do yes, is yes. But then I'll want to see them even more. Right, I know because like, that's the. Uh, that's the way that works and then you'll try too hard and you'll Mm -hmm. alienate them one will run away at 16 Mm -hmm. join the join the navy and uh yeah well there's your life story all right great okay let's leave on that (laughs) okay all right thanks buddy i'm glad we could do this while you were here and uh it's been a lot of fun yeah all right thanks thanks again to afton for coming in and doing the interview and thank you to Tiffin Steadicam and Walter Clausen FX for their support. And thank you for listening. <laughs>